You are watching the vodka stream. I'm an idea. <laughs> blah, 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 fake fucking fucks. What is happening, everybody? What's up? Oh, it's Friday, finally. This week felt like it lasted for a month and a half. I tell you what. Oh, definitely was looking forward to just chilling, talking some movies, talking some shit, and everything like that. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Vodka Stream. Thank you guys for uh, clicking in. What is happening? And, 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 and just to put the cherry on top of Friday... The Giants won right before, you know, about a half hour ago they won. And that was nice to see, you know, it's just, it's looking good. It's looking good for the season. So far, just one loss. I think, yeah, one loss? Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. I know they took two from the Padres. I can't remember if they swept the Padres, but we'll see what happens. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's everybody doing? All right. We got Ryan right here. Uh, we also got a uh, fantastic vodka stream, gonna be amazing, sure. Of course, let's see. Uh, you just finished Batman 89. I'm going, I'm doing a Batman marathon. There you go, as you should. That's what I did after I watched the Batman, though. Of course, so it's so good to see you. We got what well, we got Captain Gator Girl here. Well, we got Stephanie here, yeah, of course, always with the interesting guest. What's going on there, Captain Gator Girl? We got Nighthawk as well. How you doing, Travis? What's up? can't join but yeah doors always open buddy always open for you so happy friday hey hal jordan i'm, I'm wearing I'm, I'm representing you tonight so hope you enjoy that hey stefano what's going on buddy uh this is one of my uh real life friends <laughs> that's right one of my really good buddies right here that i've known for a bit so good to see you buddy uh i saw your text i didn't respond sorry but yeah what you sent me, I heard about that, and I heard a song from it. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. But uh, good to see you. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you. Let's see. Who else we got? We got Tony. Tony. We got Jason right here. All right. We got Bennett. That's right. It's Easter weekend, guys. So hopefully, uh, I mean, Easter. I always forget when Easter is because it's never set on like, a, you know, I never, I always forget. Like, how do you determine where Easter is and stuff? So, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be having dinner with the family on Sunday doing all that stuff. So what's going on, William? Vegas, Vegas always calling me. Vegas is always calling me. We got, uh, of course, Mr. Zed, Jose is here, blah, 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 Dodgers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever, whatever. What's going on? We got Bruce Wayne in the house. Cool. That's always good to see. Always like to see Bruce Wayne. What is happening? Ah, long time no see, George. What's going on? And we got Mama Film Junkie here, as always. How you doing? All right. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You won't be saying that at the end of the year. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. We got Dorian here. Everybody's here. What's going on? Clue. That's right. Everything. Everybody. Let's see. Roz Rule. Everybody's saying what's up. What's going on? Oh, oh, horrible. Oh, horrible weather in Vegas right now. Interesting. 
It's pretty nice over here in Cali. I will say that. What's going on, Chand? How you doing? It's pretty nice in Cali right now. Anyways, guys, doing the uh, the Seagrams tonight when it comes to vodka. So pouring that tonight. I have actually become quite fond of Seagrams. It's cheap. It's in a it's in a glass bottle. It's nice, you know. And it's got a nice little design, and it's extra smooth, and it really is. Really enjoying the Seagrams. You know, I remember everybody always gave me shit when I, uh, you know, was getting Smirnoff. And I will say, I probably, you know, I don't know. I think I like, when it comes to cheap vodka, I'm going to go with the uh, the Seagram. So, happy Friday, everybody. Ah, all right. Let's do this. Let's see who else we got here. All right, we got everybody. Everybody coming in. All right. We'll get Sean in here. Have a good conversation with him. You know. Unless he's not a Giants fan. If he's not a Giants fan, I'm just saying I'm out of, I might have to kick him out if that's the case now. Um, we'll get him in here right now. Let me set the tweet. Let's see. Sean has joined the stream. All right. Let's catch up with Mr. Sean O'Connell right here. All right. Got that. All right. We're good. Let me make sure I got all this stuff going. All right, let's bring in my guest, Mr. Sean O'Connell. What is up, sir? Do you know what one of my favorite things nowadays is, Dave? What? Your instant reactions to movies as you drive home. Nice. I love you backing out of the parking spot. <laughs> I love you instant reacting as you're finding your way out of the parking spot. You're often swearing a lot yes very much <laughs> especially with my I, batman my batman reaction was very much just like f-bombs what the fuck what the yeah well i appreciate I that those, man dude. i love that yeah. dude i watch them all the time keep them up please dude i mean it was like one of those things where like i've done it for such a long time because i figured i'm like all right i mean doing a full review is one thing you know you, you really got to like sit with the the movie i usually try to sit at least a day kind of make make some notes and then you like break it down but there's something about just reacting to it right as you get out of the movie theater because especially if you go with friends what's yeah. what, what are you doing when you're walking out you're totally just going well geez and you're going back and forth i mean most of the time you know if it's not a big movie i'm watching it by myself which i enjoy that too uh, everybody should go to the movies by themselves i know some people are like oh, i don't want to do that it's like no trust me it's not that bad it's it's okay but uh so yeah it just became a thing and i just like yeah Sometimes people prefer that over like a full on review. So not to not to tear down the magic for the kids watching <laughs> at home, Dave. Uh, but how how do you do it? Do you have a mount on your dash? Yeah, I do. I used to I used to not. I used to like do a very quick reaction where I would just hold the phone before I even start the car. Mm. But then I thought, all right, well, that's just kind of just way too quick. So then yeah, I'd got a mount. And then I just propped it up. And now it's like, all right, let me get like a, a two minute reaction, not a 30 not a 27 second reaction so i sure. mount it now so then it's safe because some people were saying like there's times where i would drive and they're like why are you holding your camera that's not safe and i'm like yeah you're right i probably should stop doing that right 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 uh, so now i have the mount and uh so now i can give a little bit of a longer review and uh yeah sometimes Sometimes that's enough. Like when it comes to like certain movies, I'm like, I don't need to do. I kind of cover. I, I haven't changed my outlook on the movies. So even the ones where you come out and you're kind of just like, I think it was Uncharted, maybe where you come out yeah. and you're like, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. 
Yeah. That's fine. Really wasn't, exactly yeah, wasn't what we needed. Yeah. But anyway, sir, how you, uh, what are you drinking? I have a, um, a bottle of Don Cristal uh, Puerto Rican rum straight nice. from the islands. For our 20th anniversary, my wife and I went to Puerto Rico with friends of ours, and I smuggled this back. And if I run out of this, I'm going to move over to, uh, I'll do Kettle One. Kettle One for the vodka stream. There you go. Bring in the vodka. So, well, there you go. So I've got it all here. I don't have to mm -hmm. get up. And Let's I'm in for the long up. haul. There you go. And for the long haul. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Oh, man. Talk about a long week. But, of course, uh, you're here to you know promote the new book that's going to be coming out, which is, let me pull it up right here. There it is. With Great Power. How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood During the Golden Age of Comic Book Blockbusters. Thank you, sir. So there you go. When does it actually come out? I'm seeing November right here. Is that the case? Yeah, so the date yeah. is November 1st. Um, okay. I have learned with the Snyder Cut book that those dates are not hard and fast, uh, <laughs> especially with COVID. Uh, and still, COVID, COVID is, is messing up um, everything in terms of the supply chain. And yeah. so there are a lot of factors in terms of the publishing of a book that get delayed. And so they're shooting for November 1st, and I really hope that happens, but we'll see if it we'll see if it sticks. Nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the new book. This is more, I mean, I mean, obviously the Snyder Cut book. I mean, I was a fan of it. Uh really enjoyed the book. And uh we talked about that. You know, you've been on the 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 vodka stream before. But when it came to this, this was more like, you know, this was pretty it sounds like it's pretty much it was a big passion project kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, when we talked about the Snyder Cut story, that was one where I just fell into uh, thinking that that was a story that needed to be told. You know, that, yeah. that there was uh, even before we found out that all of it was was going to happen. You know, just the the push by the movement in order to to keep Zach's name out there, and and the way that they overtook social media, the way they continue to take overtake overtake social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was interesting to me. Like that was always interesting. And I wanted to sort of put that to paper uh, at a time when it seemed really important, uh, really relevant. And then as you you and I both know, uh, in the midst yeah. of putting that book together, uh, HBO Max comes along and, and drops their bombshell. So yeah. I was in the right place at the right time. So with this one, they were like, you know, the publishers came back around and they were like, okay, well, what, what would you want to do next kind of thing? And um, I said, well, Spider-Man's always been my favorite character. And we searched around to see if anybody had put together like a history of his his run through Hollywood. And um, and no one had. So I started putting notes together and, you know, traced it all the way back to the 1970s when, you know, he was on TV, on CBS, basically. And, you know, commented a lot about Marvel, how, you know, Marvel at that time had the Incredible Hulk show with Bill Bixby. Yeah. And um, and then through the 80s, how the comic book movies tried to figure out how to move forward and the way that Superman, you know, four sort of gutted a, a potential. There was going to be a Spider-Man movie uh, at Canon Films that Tom Cruise was being circled to play Peter Parker. <laughs> and this is Tom Cruise, like circa The Outsiders. Yeah, this is before Top Gun, right? Right before he hit with yeah. Top Gun. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, um, Canon poured poured all their money instead into uh he-man and uh and, and superman 4 quest for peace oh man no oh, that he-man movie though i i watched that 
a lot when I was a kid. I don't I mean, my, my brother was a huge He-Man fan. He was all about He-Man. I was all about Ghostbusters. And, but you know, when it came to those two movies in the eighties, I mean, obviously Ghostbusters is the superior one. Let's, sure. let's just face it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. objectively, yeah. but at the same time, idiot. And it's funny too, because I actually watched that uh, masters of the universe not too long ago. I mean, and it, just watching it going, Oh my God, <laughs> this movie, Dolph Lundgren, Courtney Cox, man, talk about a movie. You know, talk about a movie that they try, and it's just like, yeah. But at the same time, when you, when you, uh, if you've watched the old cartoon, even the new cartoon, if you know that world, and you know, it's not, it's, it's difficult to try, especially in the '80s, and even going back to the whole Spider-Man thing, it's like, how the hell could you even do Spider-Man back then? And I mean, right. they've made attempts, but let's face it, that's not going to be any easy. Easy task. So right after they poured all that money into Quest for Peace, they hired another guy. Canon still hired another guy because the idea they had the rights to Spider-Man. And they said, hey, can you rewrite this mm -hmm. um, to – we can't include any of his villains because we own the rights to him but not the other Marvel characters. So you have to come up with your own villain. And can you also figure out a way to set it um, in the same location where we are currently shooting a Chuck Norris movie <laughs> because they just wanted to use the same sets. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so some dude put together a script where it was going to be like Spider-Man in like South Vietnam, you know, because yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris happened to be there shooting like a missing in action too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So they were pension pennies. Anyway, long story short, um, I started to put all this, all, all of the, the story together of the the milestones that I would like to hit if I were to tell this story. And it basically went through the Raimi films and it went through the Mark Webb films. And then it went into a big, a big deal of it was how Sony and Marvel figured out how to play together mm -hmm. after, after Andrew Garfield's uh, films sort of fell apart. And and in a in a bizarre sort of way, in the way that the Snyder Cut book was arriving at a time when the Snyder Cut ended up getting released, you know, here comes Spider-Man No Way Home, where you know all the generations of all mm -hmm. these characters that I've been writing about uh, for all this time are sharing the screen, and so I was able to conclude the book with, holy shit, all this stuff that had been coming together for the past twenty years now you know, now is on screen at the same time. So you have crazy timing, man. You really do. And, you know, even going back, I mean, I got, I got a framed poster on my wall of uh, a very, well, it's rare now of the, one of the very first, I think actually the very first Spider-Man poster that has the uh, twin towers reflect. You have the it. twin towers poster. Yes, I do. Right there. That's framed. worth a lot of money. Yes, I know. I know. And it's right That's there on my wall. Awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's kind of funny because how I came across it. Um, I, I've said this before, but uh, I, I used to do cable. I was a cable guy at one point, and <laughs> back in like 2000, I think it was when I first started, 2005, 2006, actually. And I just went to this uh, this dude's house or apartment. Uh, maybe it was more like a condo actually to fix his cable. And really cool dude. And all of a sudden he goes, "Hey, you want to uh, you want a Spider Man poster?" And I went. All right. And then he just shows me, he goes, here it is. And it was like an actual, it still has the border that it was printed on too. Oh by my the way. God. Yeah. Dude. So like, so like he, he goes like, yeah, this is a rare poster because they removed all these posters after of course, nine 11 happened. Sure, sure. And then, and then I was like, Oh shit, you know? And then I had it and then I was like, all right, I had to get this framed. And then I went to, uh, 
a place in the mall to get it framed. And I'm like, I'm not sure about the border. Am I supposed to keep that? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You need to keep that border that it comes in because right. it'll devalue if you take that off. So I was like, all right, keep the poster. So it has all that. And uh, what was funny about it, too, is when uh, when when we did Justice Con last year, I had uh, the privilege to interview Mr. Joe Manganiello and Obviously, Flash we know that Joe, yes, we know that he was in right when we were backstage. I had my setup over there in that corner as opposed to right here. And the first thing he goes, he goes, oh, you have oh, you have one of those posters. I'm like, oh, you. Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got one of those, too. I'm, I'm oh, like, cool. awesome. And it was like one of those things because, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. He could be intimidating just a little bit. Yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and then. um. And it was funny, too, because I already had the plan of like, OK, well, he likes Metallica. I like Metallica. That'll be a good icebreaker. So it was like Metallica and that poster. That was like a good icebreaker for all that. But yeah. But yeah, I got that poster right there on the wall right there. So one of the interviews I got to do was with um, Don Burgess, who was uh, Sam Raimi's DP, his director of photography uh, on the first movie. And we talked at length about that trailer that they cut together, mm -hmm. uh, which was a bank robbery that gets um, halted by Spider-Man, yep. where uh, they went that. the helicopter up between the yeah. Twin Towers. And what was interesting about that, I also got a chance to talk to the guy who was um, at Sony, excuse me, my thing is falling out. Um, <laughs> the guy who was running marketing at Sony talked about how they cut together, instead of doing a traditional trailer, which featured scenes from the movie, they wanted to do this original short, you know, which was yeah. like, here's how we're gonna introduce the idea of Spider-Man as a character. And uh, and they got Raimi's DP and his you know his cinematographer and his crew to go out and shoot this original piece and um, and then you know had to had to scrap it essentially after after the the Twin Towers, um, yeah. but they all loved the fact that this was a big bold swing to instead of cut a trailer together with existing footage because remember like back in the in early two thousands you would get like you know a YouTube video <laughs> with uh, footage sliced in and the Happy Meal you know promos and all this stuff. So to do an original film that didn't even really, sh well, it showed the character at the very end, but then to yeah. show the web in between the Twin yeah. Towers, just to say yeah. like, he's so New York kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, so the book is filled with a ton of stories, production stories throughout the course of the history like that. I remember that teaser. I'm trying to remember what movie I saw it in front of. I mean, this is of course like 2000. 2000 i think or yeah or whatever the hell it was i remember i went to a movie with my dad actually he was uh he was visiting and we saw some kind of movie and you know this was before the internet was the internet how it is now so it was like oh shit look at that we are we're i mean there was i mean i think i've heard i heard there was a spider-man that was going to be coming out but saw yeah. nothing about it until i actually went to the movie theater and actually saw that remember when we <laughs> Yeah, when the, those days when we were so not in the know about about anything, now we're just too much in the know. I mean, I miss the days of just not. I remember, I remember when the Batman and Robin trailer came out, and this is when the internet was like still fresh. And I remember downloading the QuickTime video of that trailer and watching <laughs> over and over and over again because sure, sure. I was like, "Oh, a new Batman! Yes, a new Batman!" I was so excited yeah. for it, but man. I miss those days where we just didn't really know too much. And you yeah, know, I don't know which one I prefer to be yeah, honest with you. You know, I'm, little, I'm I, with you on that too. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I, I do, do like love, it, but I do. Yeah. I do love getting every little bit of 
<laughs> uh, you know, and I try with certain movies. I do try with No Way Home. I tried my best to not go over was, every element of it. And you know, with Doctor Strange, the next thing is happening. You know, like every little bit is coming out. So right. I, it's just it's hard. It's really hard, especially as these movies keep getting pushed back. You know, yeah. um, because then they've been filmed and they've been uh, like this whole. D and then we're going to get into DC eventually. Like when that whole slate bumped back, it's going to make it even harder for those films to protect whatever secrets that they have to protect. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. With, with, yeah, the test screenings is like the worst part. Is like, I mean, obviously they do test screenings, you know, and and it, it sucks that 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 has to be the case. But at the same time, I mean, I I get it from a business sense. But at the same time, I almost I feel bad for you know the fact that we're we're we are in the information just gets put out there so quickly. And when the flash, I mean, talking about the test screening, when that came out, all of a sudden there's like people and I try to ignore as much as possible. I'll talk about little things. I don't want to full on. I mean, I, I I've never been a fan of the whole scooping game and whatever the hell. But I mean, it was funny, too, because like talking about No Way Home. I mean, we all knew we all knew that. Oh, yeah. Toby and, and Andrew, they're going to show up in it. And it was right. just, and I remember I was doing a film junkie live when, you know, a certain someone decided to post like, what? No, these aren't real. And, you know, they ended up being real. And it was just kind of funny because you saw my live reaction going, oh my God, I didn't show them. I was like, but I was like, yeah, people were in the chat were going, hey, uh, you should look at so-and-so's uh, Twitter. And sure enough, and it was, <laughs> I just went, oh man, what what is going on here? But at the same time, it didn't ruin the experience of that night. Right. 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 Because it was, I, I, I went in going, Oh man, I was super excited. I had two beers in my hand, you know, and just ready to go. And I was every cameo that showed up, you know, I was just like, yeah, with everybody, you know, and then, and it kind of sucks at the same time. I was like, well, you know, with certain things that happened in the movie, I was kind of going, all right, let's, uh, I want to get to, you yeah, know, yeah, it got to the point where I was just like going, oh, I want to get to when are we going to get with the, their reveal? Because I knew that they weren't just going to show up in the final act and just be like, oh, yeah, we're here to help you out. And then boom, 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 real quick and then gone. Right. I was like, right. no, no. From what I'm gathering, they're actually going to be in it for a good portion. There's going to be a lot of dialogue between the three of them and everything. And I was just so just ready for that. And to be honest, it it, it worked out. It paid off, in my opinion. I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that that movie exists. Yeah. Um, you know, I got the 4K just this past week and popped it in and watched it. And like, you can watch a scene of the three existing Spider-Men in a high school lab, you know, trading war stories about, you know, their experiences. Yeah. And and it, 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 the amount of things that had to happen in order to bring these actors together under the same umbrella, you know, to have a story, to have it make sense, uh, to have them be willing to do it. And then, you know, the fight around the Statue of Liberty is fantastic. The way that they all try to do their own thing first, it fucks up. They got to figure out how to work together. Their humor is fantastic together. I think Garfield's having the time of his life, yeah. you know, getting a second shot at it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And this is what I hope. I really hope Keaton has the time of his life coming back to this part. Yeah. You know, I hope that he just relishes uh, this victory lap that he's getting. Because... I think I think so. I think I think he will. I mean, 
he's always had fun with that whole thing. I mean, even like when uh, yeah, I, you have that video, I think I have the drop of it where he was speaking at some graduation a few years back and he goes, Oh yeah. yeah and by the way, I'm Batman. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's always been, I mean, I mean, I always say like, imagine, imagine if the internet was uh, around back then when he got cast, I mean, whew, it would have been bad because even you can find a video where people are sending in, letters to warner brothers and going what the fuck you're casting mr mom what right. you're casting right. that guy as batman that's not yes. supposed to be batman and then you know it, it ended up being something so is he your favorite no ben affleck's still my favorite okay yeah gotcha. i think i think ben affleck it's just just because just you know he's it just feels like ben affleck's really just ripped off the page for me you know and i and i know we didn't spend as much time with him as we'd hoped Sure. But I just, for some reason, I just, yeah, I, for him, for me, I like that older, grizzled, more, you know, Batman who eventually was like, hey, Faith, Alfred Faith, after going, fuck everybody, <laughs> you know? So I, just I heard that. this week, did you hear this week that Brolin, Brolin was supposed, Josh Brolin was supposed yeah, to? I, uh, I did a video about it. I did a video about it and I even talked about, I've, I've been, I've actually talked about it uh, before, but yeah, Brolin was actually uh, Snyder's, you know, one of Snyder's first choices. I never knew that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Like a lot of people didn't. That's why I was like, I didn't have a film junkie live on Wednesday because there just wasn't enough news, and I was just kind of exhausted from work. So I went, sure. And that was going to be one of the topics. But then I was like, all right, I want to talk about this still because a lot of people still don't know about it. And uh, yeah, he mentioned it on the I think the sad happy um podcast. Yeah, Horowitz's Josh Horowitz. Yeah, Horowitz. Yeah, uh, which is a great podcast. And uh, yeah, he just mentioned that. He was a choice before that. And I mean, to be honest, I could see it when I and I even mentioned in my video, I'm like, when I watched Sin City 2, which I know a lot of people like that movie just kind of didn't go anywhere, even though the first one was so phenomenal. Uh, but I, I remember walking out of that and this was pre BVS casting and everything like that. I remember walking out going, man, Josh Bullen would be a good Batman. I remember he thinking really would have. He would have yeah. done a great job with it. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, and then I brought it up. I mean, he brought it up that like, you know, at one point, yeah, Zach wanted him. And then, of course, they went a different direction. And uh, but even Brolin said that, you know, who knows what it could have been like. I mean, uh, he he said he liked the fact that it could have been something awful because that mm -hmm. happened. And Jonah Hex. Anyways, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you could play sure. the character perfectly, but the script could just be a piece of shit. You know, it's just what happens. But. You know, so he mentions that and then, he, you know, he brings up, hey, you know, Clooney still jokes about it, but that wasn't his fault, you know, and, and stuff. And then he goes, hey, maybe I'll get a chance to play it when I'm 80. And I brought up the uh, the fact that when Zach was on the Vodka stream, I don't know if it was the first time or another time where he actually said that he would uh, uh, even though he would with BBS, he took obviously some uh, some um, story ideas when it came to the Batfleck from Dark Knight Returns. He would like to do a full on dark knight returns adaptation live action okay. like okay. you know from 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 cover to cover from that gary kelly and all that jazz yes all that green arrow everybody just mm -hmm. like all involved and i'm like well i mean if that happens i mean if brolin is still down for it i, I think he would he'd be a pretty good choice to to actually do that you know it'd be interesting too because if zach did try to do that he would have to distance himself from whatever he's done Right. Like he couldn't leave. Yeah. He'd have to go to a different actor. He'd have to go to a different cast. 
Yeah. And Brolin, you're right. Brolin would be an amazing person to do that because of people who watched Dune and Sicario um, and fucking No Country for Old Men. Like, he's become an incredibly grizzled, you know, and accomplished character actor. And yeah. uh, eh, he'd be he'd be outstanding. I'd watch Brolin in anything. So. Yeah, so it, it is kind of curious. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, when it comes to the way things are now, we, we would like to see the conclusion of certain things. But right now, Zach's happy over at Netflix, building universes from the fucking ground up, which is fantastic. But, you know, he just mentioned on the uh, on, on here that he would love to actually. Do, I mean, that, that's just that's his that's his favorite Batman book. I mean, yeah. as it, it is for uh, a lot of people. I mean, it it uh, evolved Batman into what it is now. I mean, that book is so important. And, I, you know, and I even brought up in my video, too. And I actually would like to get your opinion. When is it going to when is it going to happen? Because obviously we have when you have like a certain graphic novel, you know, whether it be Marvel, DC or any, any, anything. And obviously like the first thing that they do is adapt it to animation, but when mm -hmm. is it going to get to the point where it just gets adapted to live action now? You know, do you think that's going to end up being the case? Because obviously everybody always goes, well, we have to have connected universes and this, that, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But do you think we'll ever get to that point? I think we, we think we can because streaming gives you more options. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's you what know, I say. Yeah. And 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 there's money going to streaming and there are actors who don't consider it to be uh, a stain anymore to appear in a streaming project. I mean, that's mm -hmm. all gone. You know, that the line that separates all of that is completely gone. And so if the material is interesting and if a company is willing and I, I don't even say studio anymore because now it's Apple and now it's Amazon <laughs> and now it's whoever wants to so put the money up. So yeah. Many. Um, if they're willing to do it, of course, you know, it's all in, in search of the right content. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously we even talking about the Batman, I mean, that pulls a lot from the long Halloween, but who's to say that, you know, 10 years from now, we will get like a full on adaptation of the long Halloween as a series. It can't, I don't think they could fit it into like one movie that move that, that book particular. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wonder like when, um, when when that's actually going to happen? When when are we going to get to the point where they start adapting like these classic books into mm -hmm. live action? And like like you said, it, that's it's perfect for streaming. It really is. Like that's where everything's headed, and that's where everything's going. But you know, well, I'm just and even when you hear these rumors that like I just started hearing it this week about like the 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 the, the overhaul, the reboot of DC films could could yeah. rely on a crisis on it in on infinite earths like there's too much to do with that you know like yeah. to do it and a lot of characters in it <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah. It, it's so much to to bite off um it's almost like what i mean obviously i'm a huge fan of stephen king and one of the things i love most that stephen king has done is the dark tower series and it's a seven or eight book series now at this point um that just like it, it, it's it's a challenge to to do a proper adaptation to it. It would it would be almost as difficult as doing Lord of the Rings before Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Right. And and everybody who's kind of approached that adaptation has always had a mix of feature film and television series because there's there's just too much story. There's just too much story of how to how to handle it. And it's it's really interesting in the fact that like you need people who want to commit to the vision of, of a of a storyteller. But there's a big difference between like a director of a feature film and like a showrunner, you know, uh, who's successful 
in terms of, of guiding a multi-episode series. And so if you're going to dabble in both, it's like, how do you do it? Um, yeah. And to keep things in the DC realm, like here's Matt Reeves making a, a film like The Batman, and he's going to pass the baton to somebody who's going to do what we first thought was like a Gotham City Police Department series. And now it might just be a Penguin series. But how do you keep that continuity? How do you keep the, the tone of both of those to be uh, the same? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out, but it's a huge challenge. Yeah, no, no I know. That's what's going to be great about this. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving the fact that, you know, when it comes to the Batman, which uh, I remember when I was about to go see it and you actually tweeted at me, you're like, you're not ready. And yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I was like, uh, yeah, I remember just, uh, I, I felt like it, I felt so ready, but not ready at the same time because I'm like, all right, uh, I've seen so much. I've heard so much. I was, you know, been obsessed with this fucking movie ever since it was announced because I'm a Batman fan and it was just kind of going, all right, Matt Reeves, let's do this shit. And he fucking, you know, he showed something that was, you know, and I always go back to, what uh, Kevin Smith said on his uh, when they did it, their podcast on Fat Man Beyond that he read a tweet because a lot of people, of course, naturally, you know, we do that whole thing. We're like, oh, you got to compare it to the other movies. And obviously Nolan is like, um, you know, the big thing because of the Dark Knight trilogy. And I thought what he said in that tweet was like perfect was Christopher Nolan brought Batman into reality. Christopher Reeves or Christopher Reeves. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Vodka kicking in. Right? <laughs> um, uh, Matt Reeves. He he was trying to make Batman's uh, Batman's you know universe real. So you have yeah. Nolan who did a great job. And when I rewatched, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we thought this was dark. <laughs> like we thought this was dark. I'm like, right, this right, is not right, right. as dark as we thought now. Because Matt Reeves said, "Hold my beer." But yeah, that's perfectly illustrates what's happening here. It's like, yeah, Nolan was like, "All right, I want to bring Batman into reality." And then Reeves was like, "All right, well, I'm going to try to make." batman's world real and he yeah. did a fantastic job by doing that and that's how you do with these that's how you keep on making ha having these fresh takes with these characters that are getting told over and over and over again and i'm never gonna i'm not gonna compare the two they're they're so yeah. different the beasts are so different mm -hmm. but what i loved about matt reeves and his interpretation of it is how fascinating he, how fascinated he was in gotham as a city yeah um where he he would go down random avenues that were occupied by uh catwoman or penguin or carmine falcone or wherever the riddler was sort of you know um working out his plot um and all the different places where batman had his places out and every single time that we shot down one of those avenues it was always fascinating right because he was he was just as intrigued by what was going on down those cd avenues and it wasn't like I never got to a point where there was a subplot happening where I was like, all right, let's get back to the main action. I was riveted in every place that he went to with that. And so yeah. as long as he keeps exploring those avenues, although did you see Barry Keegan? Like Barry Keegan just got arrested for something. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> in God. Dublin, right? I know. Can't it's like, just... come on, guys, what are you guys doing? <laughs> come like, on, guys. I know. <laughs> I know. can't Sorry. win. I know DC can't win, but but this time, you know, he's also a Marvel character I know. too. So it's like, oh, so it's like he's in both worlds, but it's just like, come on, but guys. But at the no same, one remembers yeah. Eternals, though, to be fair. Sure. No one remembers Eternals. <laughs> yeah, some I mean it, that that wasn't as mainstream. I mean, I when it came to Eternals, you know, I I I enjoyed it for what it was and I enjoyed 
I thought it was a beautiful looking film, but yeah, to me, it just felt like I was like, damn, this should have been a Disney plus series. In my opinion, I thought there, there's just too much here to, um, to condense into a movie when it came to Eternals. And I thought there was just like, there's so much history that we can play with here. And I, that's where I think that, I mean, uh, and Chloe Zhao did such a fantastic job shooting the movie. It's gorgeous. It's mm -hmm. one of the better looking Marvel movies in my opinion, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I just think, being a movie, it suffered a little bit, you know, not everybody agrees with that, but I, I was like, you know what? I think this could have been better as a series. Right. But then would it have, ha you know, would it have had this cinematic quality to it, which, you know, who knows, but. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've tried then, to rewatch it a couple of times on Disney plus and I get about <laughs> an hour into it every single time. And then I'm always like, yeah, I know, especially when you got, you know, you got Spider-Man No Way Home just like right after that and and all that stuff. But, you know, but when it comes to streaming and movies, I think what Matt Reeves is going to be doing with um, his Batman universe is totally cool. Like like you said, the Penguin series and then all of a sudden it's like the, the GCPD series now has been kind of converted to an Arkham series, which I thought brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. You didn't, yeah. So it's like. Mm -hmm. Because we, we we already had kind of like a GCPD series with Gotham, right. and then they try to be like, "Hey, remember this villain? Remember that villain? Remember?" And it was kind of, you know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It you know, it wasn't always like a hit when it came to all that stuff. But I think what he can do with that, and whoever like you know decides to uh, you know do that series as well as the Penguin series, and then there's talks about a Catwoman series. There's a lot you could do there, you know. And sure. then of course being um, you know going back to Barry Keegan and, and his Joker, you know, there's you could establish more backstory with him. You could mm -hmm. establish so many villains with that series when it comes to Arkham, and so then when it comes to um, the Batman. You don't have to sit there and waste a lot of time doing a backstory. And that's what I really loved about the Batman is the fact that Matt Reeves said, Hey, guess what? I'm going to have, I'm going to have every villain that was in that 66 Batman movie in this fucking movie. But right. you know, we don't have to do any backstory there. I mean, the Riddler is the main one. So we'll get like a little bit of him, but the, other than that, it's just a Batman detective crime story. And that's what you're getting. You know, there's no real origins when it comes to a lot of things. And, and this that. is why I wanted to get into this conversation with you yeah. about the the news this past week about the DC overhaul. Yeah. And why, and I think you I think you feel this way too. I don't feel like it's necessary. You don't feel like, like I, I am. I feel like we are we're kind of at the point where DC is doing enough interesting things. Um, where they just need to keep kind of pushing forward with what they're doing and show some confidence in what they're doing because the mix of stuff, like if they ever get this Green Lantern Corps show off the ground, which who knows if that's ever going to happen. Right. Um, but coming off of the Batman, I really enjoyed the Peacemaker. I thought Peacemaker was a really good extension of Suicide Squad. I was surprised. Surprised. Because I was like, uh, really peacemaker and then when i watched right. that show, i went oh this is something that's going completely that way and i went all right i'm enjoying the shit out of this and yeah yes. i enjoyed the shit out of it too so agreed so if they can continue to find hits like that you know things yeah. that work and invest in you know it's weird because i want to point at filmmakers who they put their support behind and i 
I think Patty Jenkins did an amazing job with the first Wonder Woman. And I think we all kind of agree that she missed the mark with the second. Now, I'm not quite yeah. sure why. I don't know what the factors were behind the scenes on what happened there. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the Shazam sequel. If they yeah. gave uh, David Sandberg more of a budget and maybe a little bit more creative freedom, because maybe now they believe in his vision and how he's going to tell that story. Um, I, I think Black Adam's going to work, you know, like it seems like we're going in a direction. James, I, I believe in what James Wan is going to do with Aquaman. Um, and the stories about like Batgirl and, and the, the, you know, the, the series that are developing at, at HBO Max feel positive. And, um, and so I, a creative overhaul, maybe that's drastic. You know, maybe, maybe they just feel like they need to implement somebody in a position of leadership who can keep the ship moving forward sort of thing, you know, keep steering it towards positive momentum because starting over seems suicidal to me at this point. Now, I don't think they're going to start over because, I mean, things are there's things that are working. I think it's just there's just that Superman thing. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing with Superman? I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, we've talked about it many times. I mean, you have Henry Cavill right there. I mean, you yeah. look at that man, you see Superman. He is he embodies Superman. He looks like Superman. And it's like they just nothing happened with it. And I'm sure there's like, you know, I've heard that there's things behind the scenes where um maybe that they just the negotiations kind of fell through because you know i mean this is before when warner brothers just not really knowing what the fuck they wanted to do with these characters when when sure. it comes to everything the re response to everything and everything like that but it seems like uh you know you know the response to zach snyder first off but then at the same time it's like well he cast jason momoa he cast gal Gadot, he cast Ezra sure. miller it's like yeah. you guys are continuing with those so and then you have Henry Cavill, whose value keeps going up and up and up. So why aren't you like backing up a fucking dump truck to this man's house and going, we're going to make super, we're going to make five Superman films with you. I mean, that's what I don't, that's where I, that's where I kind of go, what the hell? And I think that's one of the things that Dave Zaslav is kind of going, Hey, I mean, how is it that we don't have Superman movies and we have Aquaman making a billion dollars and Joker making a billion dollars. Right. So there's potential there. And you, you're telling me that we, we can't make it. So I think when it comes to the overhaul, it's not so much that things aren't working because, you know, no matter what anybody says, I mean, the Batman huge success because low budget over 700 million, no matter what it's, it's a not a billion though. Dave. I know, right? It's it didn't make a billion. billion dollars as I put up my, uh, yeah, my Dr. Evil fucking, you know, pinky right there. I hate that shit. Man, I really do. Um, but at the same time, it's like, come on yeah we need a superman film and then of course there was like this talks about doing a uh, a black clark kent superman which a lot of people are like why are you gonna do that when there's actually black superman characters valzad you know that michael b jordan apparently wants to do and everybody's on board for that for right, right. you know and it's just so i think there's when it comes to the overhaul like i agree with you it's like there's things that are working but at the same time there's other things that do need improvement and i sure. think Superman is the biggest one That's that big they one. really need. And then the fact that it's like, all right, Wonder Woman, we kind of went a different direction. Mm -hmm. Did not work. <laughs> Let's kind of get her back into the right direction. I mean, especially mm -hmm. when you had Wonder Woman 84 and then you go right into, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out, which was before that. And then you mm -hmm. see like, oh shit, look at how much she kicked her ass in that movie. Maybe we should keep it where it's like Amazon, Sword and Shield, all that stuff, you know?
Yeah, and you know what? Like Marvel has that same issue with Thor, who is a similar yep. character to Wonder Woman. You know, not okay, we're not talking well. apples to apples, but like you know, there's similarities. Yeah, you started with a very Shakespearean, you know, uh, rooted in in an ancient text type of interpretation for him for his first two movies, and then you t you turn him over to Taika, and, and Taika takes him in a completely different direction. It's not to say that like Gal couldn't maintain the role and and branch away from whatever Patty had established. And all of a sudden you'd be right back into, oh, this is a fantastic character. And similar to the way that the books change from author to author to author, you know, um, yeah. you, you just follow along and some of them work better than others do. And we'll see how they continue to play. But I'm with you on Superman. Like it, it, it but it boggles the minds of, of men and women who are much smarter than we are yeah. of why people can't figure out or crack the, the right superman script we've been yeah. trying to do it for years so right yeah and then you know i mean just man of steel was like a good base like it was like yeah. you know they wanted at the time they wanted christopher nolan at the time to be like hey can you do what you do with batman to superman and he was like no but i know a guy you know and and that guy it's it, i i find it funny too because you know after Zack Snyder's justly came out where we actually saw the superman you know reborn and the superman that people wanted and, you know, there's so many people that were like not a, not all about what Snyder was doing with 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 uh, Superman who kind of went, oh, I get it now, even with Batman, because obviously Batman evolves when you go into Justice League. And it's just like all of a sudden people are going, oh, and it's like, yeah, this is what we were trying to tell you. He's kind of taking his time telling the story, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting it up to that point. And it's like you already had that base with Cavill Superman, it's like, now just do what you need to do. I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be where he's already been rung to, he died for shit's sake. Now you can have him to be that Superman that you want him to be. Right. He's right there. You've already established his origin. You already established all that. So now get him to that point where, you know, you bring in a Brainiac, you bring in some more villains, you bring in like this shit, you have a Lex Luthor that's established even too, you know? And it's like, and you have this actor who is a known name now. He wasn't when he got cast. Now he is. It's right there. It's freaking right there. And it's just, and, yeah. And I think back those, the farm scenes, you know, in yeah. Zach's Justice League, where he basically re-embraces, you know, his place, the second uh, chance. Yeah. Is, is, is it set the stage for growth in future films. So it really did. It, like um, you said, it's there. It's waiting for them. It's waiting. It's waiting for that. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about Spider-Man is where do you think it's, where do you think it's going to, you know, going back to it, where do you think it's going to head to? I mean, obviously we got Holland Spider-Man and then there's talks about McGuire and Garfield having maybe their own thing too. But what do you think is going to end up happening with all that? I think there's going to be multiple Spider-Men. I think there's going to be one who's in the Sony universe, which, which currently is essentially Venom, uh, Morbius, Craven the Hunter, uh, yeah. with Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Madam Web, played by Dakota Johnson, um, whomever Sydney Sweeney from U Utopia is playing, and I believe that she's yeah. going to probably end up playing Felicia Hardy, probably the Black Cat. Yeah, that's really um, weird. Yeah, I thought that too. And I think it's going to be Andrew Garfield, honestly, um, which would allow Tom Holland to maintain his status as MCU Spider-Man. Uh, and we would, they would trust that the audience would be comfortable juggling 
multiple Spider-Men, you know, as long as they kept one in the MCU and, uh, and kept Andrew Garfield, let's say in the Spidey universe. Now, after, oh, euphoria, I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Did I call utopia? Sorry. The the rum is kicking in. Uh, (laughs) It happens. I do it all the time. You know, after some people watch Morbius, they almost joked, like, do we even want Andrew Garfield to come into this universe? I know. I mean, it was it was rough. It was rough. But, you know, him saying in No Way Home, uh, I want to fight an alien. Like, that's a fun tease to set him against Venom. Yeah. And, you know, if you're telling me that it's going to be uh, Tom Hardy versus Andrew Garfield, both, you know, thespians. Uh, in a in a Spider-Man Venom movie, right. tremendous! I'm all on board for that. So, uh, but I don't know. Like these things all take time. I I hate in the Morbius end credits, and I'm sorry for uh, spoilers for anybody who's watching this chat who might not have watched Morbius. But like there was a, and I won't give, I won't tell you what it is specifically. But there's a very blatant. It's tease been a couple of weeks. Nobody's really <laughs> for a Sinister Six. You know, yeah. and they Sony. God, Sony wants a Sinister Six more than anything. So, bad. so badly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So or they literally have Michael Keaton say, we should team up. It's like, what? It's like, oh, come on, man. I mean, I, 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 I joked about how that end credit scene was probably, you know, a writer was drunk at a bar and wrote it on a cocktail napkin. <laughs> it was just, it just felt like it was just so shoehorned in there. I mean, especially when we, you know, this thing, this Morbius got delayed so much and we saw that trailer over and over and over again. And they had that, you know, the Spider-Man, po- you know, banners poster or whatever that said murderer and we were going what is that about and then even the director went i didn't put that there that was the trailer and it was like uh, he, did that was he my said conversation it, with him he said it on your i was about to say he said it on real blend yes he where did. where he said that and i remember talking about that and just kind of going jesus christ like what is Sony i didn't understand doing? that at all when he said yeah. that i was like really wow yeah. that's interesting yeah. um but you know look if they make one great Andrew movie, you know, where he's against Venom and Vulture and, you know, Craven the Hunter and it works, you know, everyone's going to forgive it and we're, everyone's going to be right back on board. And especially if you allow Tom, well, but listen, you know, like oh, the, the interesting thing, interesting thing on the Marvel side is that, you know, they have their next few years mapped out and I don't know where Tom fits in right yeah. now. Um, they have so many films coming and so many television shows coming. And so many other characters that warrant uh, further consideration, whether it be, you know, they tease Charlie Cox as Daredevil. He's going to have to come out and do something. Um, They keep talking about the Fantastic Four. They keep talking about the X-Men. Like, when are they going to get to another Spider-Man movie? And Tom Holland wants to keep doing other things. Like, I know that he wants to prove himself as an actor. Um, But after No Way Home made all the money in the world, like, they're going to have to very quickly move on that. But Venom did really well. Or Venom Left Every Carnage did well. So they're gonna have to make another Venom movie. So truthfully, yeah. I believe I believe the solution is going to be a Spider-Man in the Sony world and a Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It has to be. It has to be. And I mean, I know we all want another Toby movie, and it's like, do we get like that old man Peter Park, old man Peter, like a Logan movie, like his fucking uh, his swan song, which 
I always say that Hugh Jackman swan song and Patrick Stewart, even though Patrick Stewart's coming back, we all know that he's going to be showing up, which I was kind of disappointed. I was like, ah, oh, McAvoy's right there. Just use him. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, because Stewart, I mean, let's face it, Logan is just, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a man, it's a James Mangold masterpiece. It's, right. it's a, it was a great send off for those characters. And so I'm kind of going, well, can we have something like that with uh, Toby? We, you know, people have brought up that idea, like have that his Spider-Man get a send off where, you know, he's now in his fifties, he's trying to you know and and now you got Raimi at your disposal but at the same time who right. knows the logistics when it comes to uh marvel studios and sony i know that's always a wonky thing but i'm like i'm like yeah give us that swan song that send off for toby and then give andrew like another movie and then possibly even more but then of course you have tom who like i've always said that um the fact that you know, we had Tom Holland had the longest origin story. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, I'm sure you probably touched bases when it came to your book was the fact that Tom Holland, when it came to like that last scene in in, in Spider-Man No Way Home where he's he makes his costume. It looks great. And he's web slinging. It's like, oh, now we got now we got Spider-Man because before we didn't really. But he was like and we had like five fucking movies before he got to this point. So I know. I know. Yeah. And now he's officially there. And what was scary is that some people were like, well, you don't have to make any more Spider-Man movies. It's like you've, you, you've almost you. given him a send off. Right. No. And then no. I was like, send off. No, 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 no. You've now got him established. Cause there were other people who were like, Oh, this is the, the college trilogy almost thing, you know, where now you send him off into where he can meet, a Harry Osborne and he can meet a Gwen Stacy and he can go down that route for the MCU. Yeah. I don't know, there's just so many um so many villains that they've done already and they've done really well that I keep wondering, you know, which ones they could continue to do on the MCU side. Yeah. Because Marvel when they take over a, like Mysterio was terrific, Jake Gyllenhaal was fantastic in, in that Michael Keaton was amazing as the vulture. But mm -hmm. then when you go over to the Sony side, they're giving you Morbius. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. great not bad i didn't hate it it's not no bad. i didn't hate it either i didn't hate it either but no. yeah not great they, yeah not great it seems like they had a lot they had a you know they ripped it kind of to shreds and stuff like that but uh but uh i wanted to ask too like uh you know and uh you know recently when it came when it came to a certain movie i i had to, i have to ask about the uh turning red review <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, I had a, you know, I had a, I had to bring it up because it was very interesting when that whole thing came out because I didn't see the initial review, but I saw mm. the apology tweet, you know, yeah, and then I went, wait, what the fuck is happening here? Like, and then I went and kind of saw all the stuff and saw some screenshots, and I went, oh, okay, and read some stuff, and and I kind of, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, like. So what, what exactly happened with all that? So I, I reviewed Turning Red for Cinema Blend. Yeah, and, you did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I> did. <laughs> and behind the scenes, what had happened was we were trying to make um, an embargo lift, you know, where the reviews, everyone's reviews were dropping. Mm -hmm. And by that point, I was the only person on staff who had seen it. Uh, because I had an early screener link and I watched it beforehand. And I watched it and I didn't really care for it. It wasn't necessarily 
And I didn't care for it for a, a number of different reasons. First and foremost, because I found the characters, the, the main characters to be extremely annoying. Yeah. Um, and I thought that they were just really hyper. And I thought that they were really, um, they had this kind of specific energy to them that was very preteen, um, that I'm sure was was perfect for the moment, you know, and for the story that was trying to be told. But spending time with them to me was was, I used the term exhausting, which got translated in a way <clears throat> that I did not intend at all. And you know, yeah. I, I would almost say got mistranslated in the way that I because I mean, to me, their personalities were exhausting, and and a lot of other people took it in a different direction. So behind the scenes at Cinema Blend, they were like. Um, you sh can you review it because the embargo is going to drop really soon and i said yeah no problem i can take i can take that review and i'll try to bang it out but i knew i didn't enjoy it and i was trying to go back over why i didn't like it and in, in full candor i rushed you know i right I, I tried to write something quick i tried to get my thoughts across and i did a piss poor job of doing it you know like i did a really terrible job of doing it mm -hmm. to the point where i was even still like when when it came back around when it blew up in my face and people were like well what you wrote was really terrible i was like no no no. but my intentions you know that wasn't my intention at all like i never once honestly and you know dave you know me and yeah i didn't i never looked at that film from a perspective of race at all like i didn't it didn't annoy me that the that the uh, main characters were asian in any yeah. way shape or form but when someone turned around and said to me, hey, read it back through that, you know, lens. And then I reread it and I was like, oh, shit. OK, no, I can totally see how <laughs> sentences that I used yeah. uh, were were wrong. You know, it could be translated that way. Um, and, and then once that happens, you know, you can't. You can't undo you, it. You yeah. can't. Well, you can't undo it. And, and in places like Twitter, you can't have a rational conversation. You no, know, you're, you if, not. you're not able to step in and say, hey, listen, I understand that what, you know, what I wrote was was bad, you know, was bad. Um, but I really meant this kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so, so I did, I did, I tried to get ahead of it and I tried to apologize and I tried to say, look, this wasn't my intention at all. But but I really did believe that like I I wanted to let everybody tell me exactly how they felt you know vent yeah. at me tell me exactly how you what what you disagreed with uh, tell me what you thought I missed um, because that's what I believe is is the other side of criticism right we put yeah. our opinions out there all the time you can agree with or you can just totally disagree with it if you want to um, and and sometimes honestly as writers when we're trying to <laughs> hit a deadline um we swing and we miss yeah but well, why it, i wasn't let me just one reason why i wasn't that um why I, I was okay taking the criticism why i was okay taking the beating at the time is because when everybody was calling me um racist and sexist and you know uh, i knew i had 20 years of criticism you know that that backed up the fact that that I could relate, you know, everyone's like, how could you relate to this movie that stars uh, Asians or, or people of color? Yeah. Uh, I thought you hated people. And I was like, no, 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 just go back like two weeks. Coco, you, know, you, I mean, I reviewed, you, had, you had other Pixar movies that you loved like Coco and Soul, right? 
Soul was my number one movie of the, of the year, the year yeah. that it came out. Yeah. And if you could go back, you know, and and try to counter an argument on social media and say like, hey, I actually, you know, Soul was my number one movie of the year. I had people who wrote me messages that were like, you gave Spike Lee's uh, The Five Bloods five stars. Like, why? And I was like, well, because race was never movie? really the problem here. Race was never the issue. It was mm -hmm. that I didn't connect with the characters and I didn't necessarily like, someone came to me and they were like, how come you liked Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Roma? And I was like, well, that movie did a really good job of making me connect to the characters and understand the situation they're in. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, race or bat. And, and I really felt that the, the approach that Turning Red took was limited. In my opinion, when I was watching it, I was like, this movie's not doing anything to really bring me in. Um, now look, you know, there have been people now who, now on the flip side of it, I'm gonna yell that because I didn't back up my opinion. So you lose yeah. either way, right? It's it's yeah. a complete lose-lose. Um, but look, it, it was a bad review. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what else to say. It was a bad there, review. There, there, there really isn't. And, and, you know, it's funny because we talked about it a few weeks back when it was happening on the vodka stream and, and everybody in the panel agreed that you weren't being like, you know, Oh, we, well, this, look at this bigot right here. My God, this guy, God, how, how could he say that? We, we actually backed you up when it came to like, yeah, but look, look at his reviews of, like I said, Coco and soul. I mean, you were like all about that. And I'm like, you know, and it was funny, too, because, like I said, I didn't see the initial review of it. But then I saw the apology and I went, wait, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. It's like, what's going on with Sean here? And then I was seeing all the stuff. And then I went, oh, OK, interesting. And then when it finally came time, we we're like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie to see what it's all about. And there were certain things where I was like, OK, I see where he's coming from, because, you know, there was I even said in my review where I was like, yeah, first uh, two acts and stuff like that of like, I hey, hey, there's some Pixar stuff and some humor that I enjoyed, but, uh, you know, I mean, to me, it was like, all right, this is very much the, uh, the other side of the, of Teen Wolf. It very much is. And I get what they're going for right here. And I get why, you know, maybe it's just, it's not going to land with certain audiences, you know? And then I said, well, the final act, I, I dug the whole, uh, you know, mother daughter thing and everything like mm -hmm. that. I really enjoyed the final act of the movie. Uh, but I totally was like, yeah, but this is not top to me. It wasn't top tier Pixar to me. Like when you like uh, going back to soul, that's top tier fucking Pixar right there. I mean, when I watched that movie, I was floored of how fucking fantastic that movie was everything down to the music, down to the, uh, the voice acting down to the animation. It was so goddamn good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so like I, understood where you were coming from i mean yeah i mean we kind of like went yeah maybe the review when i was like going sean you hit send <laughs> you hit like it <laughs> it was like it was one of those like you know because i'm thinking about oh now society you might want to take a you know no i know no yes <laughs> and, yeah. and honestly behind the scenes you know editorial yeah uh, as the managing editor of the site, sometimes you get a little bit of leeway in terms yeah. of your stuff might just go live without somebody taking a look at it. And we have, you know, sort of backtracked and put a lot of uh, steps in place that no matter who you are on the site, your stuff should get read. Because yeah. even, um, you know, people who on staff who read that, you know, if someone had just turned around and said to me, 
do you really mean to say this? Because this is how it's coming across. Yeah. It would have given me the opportunity to be like, oh my God, it is? No. Really? Yeah. You know, really? Yeah. No, I'm not trying to say that in the least bit. Um, but again, a lot of times on the internet, you're trying to race a deadline and, and stuff just gets published. And um, we at Cinema Blend normally are not, you know, doing that. We have plenty of other uh, safeguards that go into place where someone is reading your stuff. Yeah. That one in particular went through and, uh, and yeah, I take, I take full responsibility for it. I mean, no, I mean, that's good that you do that, but you know, but at the same time, and it's, it's not like, and there were so many, you know, and I, I, and I appreciate the people that were like, no, no, he's not this. I mean, look what I always love it when like nowadays it seems like, Oh, what is what you said right now is how you are, you know, or that is like who your character is. And that's why we kept on bringing up. I'm like, well, look at the stuff that he's reviewed in the past. Sure. You know, he literally said that soul is the best movie of that of the year. And it's like, what, what are you talking about when it comes, you know, I mean, movies are all about like, how do you relate with them? And sometimes we just don't relate with them. Does that mean it's a bad movie? Somebody else could say it's a fantastic movie. And when I, like I said, when I reviewed it, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like the, the, the female version of teen wolf, you know, because it very much had like the similar thing of like, there's a sim symbolic nature of the fact of, hitting puberty i guess you could say or something like that sure. both those movies have so you know obviously maybe yeah certain people over here are not going to relate to it but at the same time there's a lot of people that are going to relate to it and just absolutely enjoy the shit out of it there was the element where um the character was using the the red panda um yeah. for popularity which is what you know not to keep going back to Teen Wolf, but that's what but Michael J. Fox was essentially, you know, abusing the wolf, yeah. you know, to to get a part in the play and to get, you know, mm -hmm. a date with the, with the hot girl yeah. in school. And, and, and be the star basketball player and all that stuff. Turned on the people who were, you know, closest to him. And that's what mm -hmm. the way when it played out. So that's what I remembered when I watched it. I was like, I don't know. It just felt a lot like Teen Wolf to me. And yeah. so I kind of wrote that. And then everyone was, I, I got, I got, I got beat up for that. But listen, you know, I, I honestly do believe that as critics, when we put ourselves out there, there's a chance that every once in a while we're going to end up in the barrel. And, yeah. You know, it happened. Like I said before, I, I think I have. What what helped a lot was that I've been doing this uh, Real Blend podcast for going on four years now. And I got a lot of comments from the people who listen to me on a weekly basis who were very quick to say, that that's not you you know we know that's not you you put yourself out there on a weekly basis uh and defend these you know all voices in cinema and we have directors on from from, from all walks of life every single week and so when people came at me with that criticism i was like if you just do it if you just do a little bit of research just a little bit of research you'll nobody understand that like that. nobody wants to do that nowadays that's the same no part. no and again like like i said on social media you can't wave, you can't wade into that pool and just say, Hey, do me a favor. Just go back and read anything else I've written, <laughs> anything else I've written. You yeah. just have to sort of take it. You just have to sort of have to take it. And, yeah. um, I hope it doesn't happen to you, Dave. Yeah. Be careful I mean, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised it hasn't. Uh, I say all the time when I do film junkie live, I'm like, Oh, just got canceled. Just got canceled. You know, you know, and it's just, 
but I mean, I, I'm always kind of curious, like when, when something like that happens, because I, you know, I was, I, I wanted to reach out, but then at the same time, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to let Sean be how it is. Cause I know, you know, what's funny is it's like, we talked about you coming on again to promote your new book before this, this was a while ago, but you were busy, you know, you had South by Southwest, you were going mm -hmm. on other stuff. So it was like, all right. And I just didn't want to, you know, be like, Hey buddy, <laughs> how's it going? You know, like, like, let, let them be, you know, when all this stuff has happened, I'm not going to like, you know, you know, and, that, and then when you hit me up this week, I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's fucking do it. You know? And, but uh, let me let me also say that one of the things that did open my my eyes to which I which I do agree to yeah. is that when you are able to get um, other voices on your staff who can view like I watched Turning Red and I realized this this isn't for me it's not a story yeah. for me and and if it were not for uh, a deadline that we were trying to race I should have turned around and said to somebody else on staff uh, who could connect to the material better you know, hey, you should take the assignment. And I will say that, like, we had the junket coming up a couple of days after the fact, and I did pass it off to somebody else on our staff because I was like, I think you're who really, she loved the movie. And I said, you're going to get more out of the director. You're going to get more out of the cast. Please, you sit down with them, you know, and talk to them because it didn't work for me. Um, and I think in more more times than not, you're supposed to, you, you should try to find other people who connect with the material. Uh, and, and approach it from a from a place where maybe the filmmaker is coming from also, uh, and take a different take a different look at stuff. Art is very subjective. We've yeah. always said art is subjective, and and uh, I think all different voices are really really important. And it was a great reminder to find other people you know who can comment on 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 different stories that are being told nowadays. No. And that's, I mean, and, and, you know, even talking with other people too about it, it was like on here on the Vox stream it was like, yeah, I make, it wasn't for you. And maybe at the same time, it's like, all right, well, yeah, like you said, get somebody who actually enjoyed the movie, who wants to actually, you know, really praise the movie. I mean, you know, I mean, one of the things I was like kind of worried about, I was like, well, like how is cinema blend, you know, and all that stuff was going to, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, that must've been like, kind of like a, whoa, kind of moment when it came to all that, but you know, I'm, I'm just glad that it, that it didn't result in, and because nowadays you just never know when it comes to the stuff, like when, when something happens like this and all of a sudden the dog pile happens and you just kind of go like, well, how is the organization as a whole going to react to this? And hopefully they don't just go, Oh yeah, you're out, you're out, bud. But I mean, I think you, you know, you and cinema blend are never going to, it's never going to get to that that moment and i think at way you guys handled it it was like all right we did that it was that that, that was a thing you put it out there and then hopefully it's like all right we'll get somebody else that's gonna that actually you know reviewed this movie that actually enjoyed it we're gonna do that and then hopefully it's not gonna be a thing where yeah. i mean i'm sure it's gonna it's gonna linger on a little bit but i hopefully it's like gotten to the point where like not everybody's going like oh yeah did you relate to this did you relate it's like shut up oh I, yeah <laughs> like, i still get that yeah that's kind of faded away with everything everywhere from I, I think you posted something about that and i looked at the comments yeah. i'm like come on this i mean everything everywhere all at once is a fantastic fucking movie he enjoyed it. Everybody enjoyed it. Oh my God. That's one of the best movies of the year. You agreed yeah. with that. It was like, come on, Jesus Christ. 
No, as a site, honestly, I mean, as a site, we always want to basically to be able to grow and evolve, yeah. you know, and we know that media is constantly changing and the audience is constantly changing and we want to stay, you know, up to speed with, with, with covering entertainment and the way that people want entertainment covered. And so this was a great reminder. This was a really great reminder that uh, maybe some of the old ways that we were doing things uh, need to be refreshed and that we need to continue to push for more diversity on our staff and in the way that we cover things. We have a voices section um, that I actually do a lot of work in, which I know people won't believe in necessarily, um, that that goes after, you know, completely stories that that shine a brighter spotlight on underappreciated voices. And mm -hmm. uh, that's something I've been very, very proud of that Cinema Blend does and we will continue to do and we will continue to grow out because the industry as a whole from television to film is pushing for more diversity and more representation in films. And I want to make sure that Cinema Blend is one of the people who's, uh, you know, at the forefront, who's covering all those different things. So, yeah, you know, good. this, this review, uh, I, I, I chuckled a little bit when you brought it up because I, I, I know the, um, the headlines that it generated, but I really, in my heart, believe that we are doing the right thing at Cinema Blend. And I know that that's going to shine through to the point where I think that like, I, I think that people have come to realize that like, oh, we went after this this target, but it might not have been the right target to go after. Kind of thing. Yeah, no, I get that. And then I mean, and then when this whole thing happened, I mean, and the the cherry on top kind of like and I'm kind of wondering what you, you know, and I know this is going to be interesting is like, but when Ray Fisher tweeted mm -hmm. out something about you the whole ray fisher situation like i'm sure that was like one of those things like is like as you were probably getting a lot of heat already and then all of a sudden ray fisher goes tweets that out yeah like, what, was for that sure. what was the response when he talked about that and the whole like you're working with joss whedon kind of thing so i was in south by you know uh trying to cover the film festival and yeah. dealing with the turning red uh, fallout essentially, um, and letting it letting it play itself out, you know, because knowing that I couldn't really necessarily step in, and so you know, it was interesting that Ray decided to chime in at that point. Um, and 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 Ray, you know, works his social media the way that he wants to work his social media, and he's completely fine to do that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, that's that's completely Ray's story to tell. Okay. You know, and um, and for him to say more later, who's to say what that's going to be? You know, I have no so you idea. Have, you have no idea what that's that could be. Well, so I can tell you my side of the story about when I covered Joss leaving the Nevers. That's fine. Um, yeah. yeah. We got reached out by Joss's publicists, who said we would like to give you the statement. Uh, that we are giving, we're going to give it out to the trades at fill in the blank time. Um, we're we'll give it to you a half an hour beforehand if you want to write it up quicker and have it ready to go. Um, it was a statement that was going out to all the different trades about why he was leaving the Nevers. We knew it was BS, but we <laughs> ran it anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that I think the statement at the time said he was exhausted you know, from his different things that were going on, but it was very clear what was happening. Um, but this is how, this is essentially how reporting happens. You know, sources feed you information. Uh, you run with that information. Uh, what Ray left out 
uh, of his tweet was that we contacted him immediately afterwards and gave them the ability to um, provide a rebuttal, which we ran at the top of that story as well, too. Um, so we reported on the situation. We reported on a on a director leaving a project that, that was coming to HBO. How Ray feels about that, I that's up for him to tell. You know, it's I I know I did my job, and I know that I uh, reported on that situation. Now, whether that puts me in Joss's camp, no, it doesn't put me in Joss's camp uh, in any way, shape, or form. I received a statement from a publicist. Uh, that is all. Didn't talk to Joss. Uh, only talked to Joss's people. Okay. There is a rumor going around that I'm in some text thread with Joss and Jeff Johns. Uh, that is a complete lie. And if anybody wants to, to show some proof of that, I would love to see it because <laughs> I've never spoken to Jeff Johns uh, in my life. I have spoken to Joss a couple of times, but only because I've interviewed him uh, at different places. I interviewed him at South by Southwest for Kevin in the Woods. I'm trying to think if I interviewed him. I saw him at the Critics' Choice Awards the year the Cabin in the Woods was up for a nomination. And I spoke to Drew Goddard uh, for a long period of time. And then Joss came over and sort of uh, tapped Drew on the shoulder. And then they went off to the dance floor together. I think those are my only mm -hmm. two interactions with Joss Whedon over time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's Ray's story to tell. I don't know why Ray wants to continue to to dredge dredge that up on his social media, but that's all. I yeah, know. it was it was like one of those things. Like I said, I, I I showed up to that whole thing late, and then and I was saying like the the whole dog pile thing, and then all of a sudden like Ray tweeted, and I went, "Oh, what?" I'm like, you know, I I very much when it comes to me. You know, obviously there's like behind the scenes, there's always behind the scenes stuff. And I just kind of go like, I, I don't, I'm not very much in the know. I'm just kind of like, I'm, 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 I'm a personality that goes when the news happens, I'm going to comment on it. That's what, that's my shtick right there, guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to dig for scoops or trying to dig for all this stuff like that. So, you know, it, when I saw that, I mean, it just was like, all right. So what is happening? Because at one point, I mean, obviously Ray was all supportive of the release of Snyder Cut book at one point, right? There was a time when I had a really great relationship with Ray where he yeah. and I were texting each other back and forth. And he actually gave me a blurb uh, to use for the Snyder Cut book. And then he asked me to not use it. Mm. And I agreed, which I thought was fine. I was never quite sure 100% why that was the case. You and I talked about, I think I talked about this on the last vodka stream. Probably. There was a situation where I was texting with a mutual friend of ours uh, who is, now this is where you get into the um, who's taking sides on what side. But there's a friend of ours who's in the TPZ group who was telling me about Ray. How did this go down? Essentially, this was when I have to go back and check and see. But this friend of ours said uh, that Ray is on top of something, right? On top of a story that's breaking about Joss. And I said, yes, I have. Uh, I know he and I have been texting, basically. And I shared a screenshot. And that screenshot I sent to Ray instead of sending it to our friend. 
and because I was, this was Thanksgiving day and I was cooking <laughs> and it went to the wrong person. It went to Ray. And then Ray said, Oh, what was this? And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to send this to a friend of ours. And, uh, it went to him instead. And it was very harmless. I can even show you what the text was. Um, and then from that moment on, and I don't blame Ray for this at all, because I think Ray is being wronged by a lot of different people. You know, I do think that there are people who are working behind the scenes uh, and conspiring against Ray, necessarily. You know, um, yeah. to you know, to essentially go against the things that he would like to bring to the surface, and you know, like he's he's fighting a lot of battles, and I I think that he's correct in a lot of those battles, a hundred percent. Um, but I think that that text is getting misinterpreted as I was in some sort of text thread with Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon, which is just wrong. Like that's a complete lie. Yeah. And so if Ray thinks that, I'm sorry that he thinks that, but he and I spoke on the phone a couple of times after that and uh, discussed that at length, because this is when he says that on that tweet that he has me dead to rights uh, about softening the nevers, like, he and I had a conversation, you know, about like, where did this information come from? Uh, who at Joss's camp wanted to pass something over? And I knew that he was really keeping track of that type of stuff. I knew that he was really trying to figure out who was reporting things uh, and, and getting certain stories out at certain times. And he was keeping track of that to see like, you know, to keep track of it for relevant details. And I helped him as much as I could because he was, extremely nice to me at that point. And he and I were still working really well together. And then, then we weren't. Yeah. So. It's, it's all very interesting when it comes to this stuff, because at one point I was hoping to get Ray on here, you know, and, um, it looked like at, uh, at one point that he was going to, you know, I was going to be able to talk to Ray and everything, but, but then there was, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating because there are people, you know, especially when it comes to all this stuff where, uh, I mean, obviously we all have our own different voices and then there's things that happen. I mean, obviously like when it, when it comes to even me, I mean, I get, I get shit for all this sh stuff too. Like if I, if I don't follow like a certain, like, Oh, you had to believe this, you got to talk about this. If you dare say that, that Zach, you know, is too happy over at Netflix while you're against restore the Snyderverse and blah, blah, blah. There's so many things. There's so many things that, um, that go with this. And then when it comes behind the scenes and other people had voices. And I think at one point it looked like I was like, all right, because you know, when it came to last year, when Zack Snyder's justice league was coming out, I was getting, you know, a bunch of people. I was like, Hey, you know, now, I mean, obviously not the, the big, people like the huge people but there was a chance i was like oh yeah maybe i'll get to talk to ray and stuff like that but uh but at the same time it was like i remember seeing like ray was like talking to like a certain other individual who then was like really kind of started conspiring against certain voices and i went and i i'm not we're not do gonna we name names. go down that do we want to go no. down that hole yeah i know i know that's the thing do we, go down that hole? we don't need to really go down that role because you know they'll go down i know it i know exactly what you're uh talking about but at the same time it's just like because oh. here's the thing here's the yeah. thing Dave. 
There's yeah. a lot of people in chat. I'm watching the chat go through. I know. Right? I know you are. I know. I was going to actually be like, Sean, don't look at the chat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The chat doesn't want to know the whole story. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to tell them the whole story. No. Because the whole story is really ugly. And it it really it comes down to a division in the fandom, it does. right? It yeah. comes down to a division in the fandom. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Honestly, with all as much as people really want to know, uh, they think that this is really juicy that I just brought up. It has nothing to do with Ray. It has to do with a, a division in the fandom. It has to do with people taking sides. Um, and and my reporting and you doing this on a weekly basis has proven that there's people who's just taken sides. There's people who've taken sides. And um, even people like you and I, who I think have tried to maintain a foot in in, in multiple uh, parties, right? Like, I don't think that either one of us has ever at any point choosing sides. I think our personalities have been fair or not uh, assigned to certain sides. And so then we get attacked by one side or the other side because of things that they believe that we are doing, even though we might not be doing them. And, and it goes a little bit back to what we were having a conversation about before, which is you can't wade into those arguments yeah. because if you try to wade into those arguments and raise some uh, logical conversation, it doesn't go anywhere. It does. Okay. It just doesn't go anywhere, and it's frustrating. And I know, I know you're as frustrated by it as, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's times. I mean, like, it's kind of funny because I was even talking about it with some people tonight too. It was like, um, you know, at one point I think it was, you know, it was sometime at the end of last year where I went kind of, you know, when it comes to all this stuff, I, I actually said, I'm like, hey, because uh, somebody was tweeting out like, what's your most like. Uh, controversial Zack Snyder or like Snyderverse um, take. And I went, I'd be okay if we saw the sequels in a graphic novel form. And holy shit, did I, and I knew it. I was like, oh man, if I hit send on this, ah, this is going to get crazy, you know? Sure. And sure enough, like when it comes to something like that, it's like, oh, no, 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 it's live action. Or not. I mean, like even tonight, like when I, uh, you know, when I, posted that we were going to, you know, you were going to be on and we're going to have a conversation. You saw some of the, <laughs> some of the reaction and everything sure. like that. And I was, I, you know, I even got a little worried. I'm like, Sean, you're not going to back out, are you? Because I'm loving this conversation that we're having. And this is, this is what this is all about. It's like the fact that, you know, we're, we're having drinks and we're talking about this stuff and I'm glad that we are because Dave, I will never back out. If I, if, if you invite me onto the vodka stream, I will never good. back out. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, because it was like, I saw people, are you going to ask him about this? And I'm like, Hey, give me some, you know, we're going to talk about some other stuff first and then we're going to get to this stuff because, you know, this is something that is that very much, um, that people wanted to know. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, I mean, it's just there, it, 
when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's like, you know, you're either with us or against us. You have to be with us 100% or not. I mean, I, I like when the whole thing happened, I even talked about a film Junkie Live where I, when people are like, what about Sean O'Connor? I was like, okay, yeah. I read the, you know, when it came to the Turning Red review, I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. Yeah. When I read some of the stuff, I was like, yeah, little tone deaf buggy. And I was like wondering, I'm like, right, you know, Sean, you hit send on that, you know, you, you know, that, but perfectly fine and then at the same time uh when it comes to other stuff but then everybody goes like oh yeah well he cashed in on the release uh release the snyder cut book he was trying to cash in on you know all that stuff and i'm like all right well hey guys who the fuck else was going to write this book did you were you going to write this book were anybody else going to write this book and that's one of the things i always say because it's like nobody else was going to write a book about this and i dug the fact and and a lot of my you know friends Doug, the fact that we had an outside presence who's a writer wrote this book and he wrote it well. And it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just saying this because I'm in every chapter. No, that's not the case. And I was like, I love the fact that you gave everybody their equal like, OK, you you reached out. You did the due diligence to be like, what was your take on this? And you talked to people about it. You reached out to me. You reached out to, to Colbert. You reached out to Garza, to Chris Wong Swenson. You reached out to everybody. You did the work to make that book. And it was just like, okay, you, you worked very hard on it. I'm like, who else was going to do that? This random person with 13 followers? No, <laughs> they weren't going to do that, you know? No, and, and as you know, since we're relitigating re all of this, yeah. when I started the process of writing this book, I relied on the people who were doing the most work in the movement to tell me who I should be talking to. Like exactly. that was always my my intro questions of just like, who should I be talking to? Like, who are the people who are doing this? And they kicked me up the ladder to people like, um, you know, we can get into uh, Vinaldo and. Yeah. Uh, ben Wellington and all these people who are in my book, who were happy to talk to me, Hamad, you know, who were happy to talk to me at the time. Um, you know, these are people who were in the book. Yeah. They're all in the book. And um, so to hear that I wasn't giving proper represent representation to all sides, to me is still fairly comical because I wasn't deciding in the moment, oh no, I'm only gonna listen to your side. I listened to everybody. <laughs> I wanted to get the full story from everyone possible. Um, and so this, this narrative after the fact of I was, you know, manipulating the, the fan base for my own benefit. Like, I didn't bully anybody to buy the book. No. Ignore the fucking book if you want to, you know? It's fine. It's okay. There's been plenty of people who, who have picked it up, believe me. Plenty of people have picked it up. And there's a lot of people who have enjoyed it, who have said, yeah. like, this has been a great representation of the early days of it. Um, but if you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm okay with that. That's okay. the thing. Like, you know, and that's one of the things that, as fandoms, whether it's like, uh, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, or DC, or whatever the fuck, it's like, you know, it's like we... I don't know. Everything just gets kind of tribal when it comes to this stuff, you know, and uh, yeah, when, when, when it, and I've told everybody, I mean, I still, I mean, my book, your book, my book, I wish it was my book because it's, you know, you know, 
even like the uh the uh, you know i had the author um can't remember his name right now i had the author of the snyder verse saga he wrote a book about and he just kind of talked about that's a good, it's book. A good book too yes yep. like I read through that and i'm like man i mean when you the time that it takes to to make a book like this it's not just hey i'm just you know, going to write a no I mean, there's one thing about writing a novel. That's a whole different beast where it's like, you're coming up with new shit. You're coming up with storylines, character development and all that stuff. Yeah. That's one thing, but to do like a book that's based on something that's reality and, and, and to have, you ha you have to reach out to people. You have to do like, you have to get all this information and all this stuff like that. And you're going to, it's going to get to a point where certain certain things are gonna you know people involved like for instance you know you know ray fisher where it's like certain things happen you know where maybe something happens and all of a sudden they get suspicious and you know and and, and you know something like that maybe happen and they start like suspecting and you know that's where i that's why i wanted to like bring up that with you to get your side of 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 all that thing you know when it came to ray especially when Obviously, that that link to the whole turning red review backlash. It's like, God damn it! Did did he really need that? <laughs> it's like but now. He, here's the thing, and I, and I'll leave it at this because the, after this, it's up to Ray to fill in whatever he would like to fill in. Yeah. I honestly want I want nothing but the best for Ray. Like I, I honestly think that Ray, you know, deserves the best, and I, I think the things that he went through were were really horrible. You know, I don't doubt that what he went through was really horrible. Yeah. If Ray honestly believes, um, because of uh, people who are who potentially might be telling him this, that I was involved in some sort of text thread with Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon, if nothing else comes out of this conversation, that is complete bullshit. <laughs> it's just complete bullshit. Like there has been no text thread between Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon to dig up dirt on Ray Fisher. Yeah. I mean, that's full stop. Full stop, that never happened. Joss Whedon's publicists offered us a statement at Cinema Blend that we would get before the trades, which we said thank you very much to because we're a news outlet. <laughs> and if you're gonna give us an opportunity to report on why a director is leaving uh, an HBO series, thank you very much. We appreciate that. That's how reporting works in, in film journalism. Uh, a source feeds you something. So if, if Ray thinks that that there was some sort of text thread between Jeff Johns and, and Joss Whedon through whoever told him this, I think you might know. I think other people might know. I can't tell you enough that how, how complete bullshit that is. Hmm. And if that's the only message that I can get out of this conversation, uh, I hope Ray hears the fact that that, that entire thing is complete bullshit. So. Yeah. And after that, that's all I can do. So, I mean, yeah, there's only so much you can do when it comes to all this stuff. I mean, I mean, why it's got to be. Bennett, hold on. Bennett is asking why Cinema Blend got earlier access to that news. Mm. Um, because Cinema Blend at that time was doing a shit ton of reporting on stuff happening in the Justice League uh, investigation. We were reporting on it on a daily basis. And they thought that we would be a really great outlet to get that statement out there. It was going to the trades 30 minutes after we got it, but we were doing a ton of reporting on that on a daily basis. Okay. So they fed there it you, to us. There you go. I mean, 
So that's the thing is like when it comes to like uh, these big sites, I mean, obviously I run that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he did Sorry. say thank I'm you. I'm glancing over at the chat. No, 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 no. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I know there's a lot of uh, commotion happening in that. And feel free to answer whatever uh, whatever you want to. I mean, that's the thing. And uh, uh, we're going to bring in uh, Mr. KC uh, to, the, uh, to the chat. Mr. Krypton Cage, what's up, sir? Hey, how are you doing? Good. Just, you know, hey, get into greedy of uh film journalism and all this stuff like that i don't know if you've been watching yes i have and um i thought that was a very interesting discussion um and it's you know it's obviously like sean said twitter is not the place to have these discussions like no people will not even allow you to say your part but um it was uh you know refreshing to hear your side um, Sean. So yeah, I appreciate that. And <laughs> there is obviously, you know, frustration from people in the chat. I can see that, that um, they are frustrated that this full story is not known and they want to know and all that. But, Wait, I want to uh, say that when KC joined the, the conversation that people said, finally, some eye candy. Let's join <laughs> <it>. <laughs> He's a good looking <laughs> dude. He's a good looking dude. Yes, okay, Sean, me and Sean, we're, 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 we're old men or something. We just don't carry it. <laughs> KC's young and he's, uh, you know, he's got. Beer know, aisle. He's, he's very much. That's why I bring him on the, uh, the vodka stream. Eye candy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no problem. See, I mean, <laughs> see, I mean stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so, no. yeah, uh, all this is very interesting. Like, I've been following all this um, since, you know, things happen. And it is a very fickle fan base. And stuff like this always happens. Like Dave says, there's not a single day that goes without drama in here. So it's always, you know fun for some but you know difficult for others but yeah um i have heard your side and i do think that there's a lot of stuff um that people don't know uh and would like to know but also i understand that you cannot say st some stuff which is which would well keep asking be... if you what would you like to know casey no i mean not good. particularly me, i have to but... go to the bathroom good yes yeah, so like people would like to know um, what what exactly happened at that moment, um, you know, between you and Ray, that led Ray to completely do a one eighty from you. Um, which I I've heard what you just said, and I understand that the misunderstanding happened. But um, you've also said that you have talked to him, you know, on the phone. So that conversation might have been, you know, more clear as opposed to texting. So I'm still wondering why, um, why wasn't it cleared? And, you know, either one of you could have shown screenshots of your phones or whatever, but I understand that that might be private matter, but, you know, I think that if you talked to Ray, that could have been cleared, right? So I'm still not understanding why there's an issue still. And I honestly, I wish I could answer that <laughs> uh, because I, I do not have those details. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could fill that in. That's not my story to tell, unfortunately. Yeah, that's also another thing because I don't want, I don't want us to say something that Ray would 
have said in private to you, to you, you know. So of course, it's not sure. it's not our story to tell. So whenever he's ready, I guess. Yeah. Nope. I I one hundred percent respect his ability to tell uh, any story that he would like to tell when he when he would like to tell it. No, no. Like I, like I said, I wish I, uh, you know, I wanted to have a sit down with him because I mean, that's, that's what the vodka streams always, always been about. It's like, Hey, come on, let's have a sit down. Let's have a discussion relaxed. I mean, I'm not going to grill or anything like that, you know, and I was really hoping to have uh, a conversation with him, you know, because everybody else that I had a conversation with from the cast was absolutely fantastic pleasant you know obviously zach's been on here a few times and deborah's been on here ray porter's been on here a few times you know and there's so many things where i'm like but at the same time it's like ah oh, man some things behind the scenes where you just kind of go like oh maybe the reason why i didn't get any you know sit down with him is because certain other things were happening behind the scenes and i was like i, I and it just kind of sucks too because you know Coming here, everything's good. We're just, we're good. There's no hostile environment, nothing like that. I mean, even like, you know, I was kind of worried even tonight with with you, Sean, was like, you know, especially seeing some of the reaction on uh, Twitter. I was like, I was hoping, I was like, hopefully Sean still comes. I was like, Sean is yeah. taking every every <laughs> criticism like a champ, I would say. Like, oh, dude, like when I saw you responding to, I was like, okay, I think he's still going to, I was worried. I was a little worried because just the way things were, uh, were saying on social media, but but this is what this is what it's all about. Just actually having a actual conversation. I'm here. Yeah, I'm. I'm here answering whatever you guys would like to know. Now yeah. there are certain things that I'm not going to overstep because there are certain things that I just feel like, you know, if I answered for certain people, um, and I'm not even saying it, uh, that doesn't even include Ray. If I answered for certain people, um, it would be out of bounds. There's, there's a certain there's a certain element of being out of bounds, right? Um, it's yeah. not my story to tell. Like I said earlier, not my story to tell. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, we'll see. But I mean, I think like when it comes to uh, everything right now, I mean, I mean, we're we're always hoping for you know. When it came to the Justice League investigation, we always hoped that that was actually, you know, performed as it should have been. And I mean, of course, Ray has said that it wasn't. And, you know, Walter Hamada and, you know, and I've even said many times I've heard stuff about Hamada. I've heard stuff about Toby. Who knows what's going to be happening with that? I mean, those guys, when it comes to these suits in these studios. Yeah. I mean, you really hope that, you know, but at the same time, I'm just so happy that Ray is in Rebel Moon. <laughs> I'm so happy. We're all Hold happy. On. Yeah. I want to, okay. I want to address something. Um, Go ahead. There's a guy named Saggy Melons, I believe. Uh, no, that's the guy. That's a girl. <laughs> that's a girl. Yeah. Does not like, does not seem to like me at all. Um, and okay. is asking if I'm saying that, that Ray is lying about interacting with me. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I am not in the least bit uh, saying that Ray is lying. Um, I, I, I don't know a hundred percent why Ray, uh, turned on me. I don't know a hundred percent why Ray turned on me. I think without any, uh, information to back it up that people, um, have given him information about some 
text thread with me and Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon that is false. And so that's why I said, if there's any information to take out of this, that that conversation, that that text thread doesn't exist, <laughs> if Ray believes that that conversation, that text thread exists, um, that's a lie. So no, I'm not saying that Ray is a liar in any way, shape or form, not at all. Uh, but but I'm thinking if, if that is the reason why he does not uh, believe that I support him, and that's not the case, I, I actually do support him 100%. Uh, if he thinks that's what the case is, that is a lie. Now, if he has other reasons why he hates me, so be it. You know, <laughs> that's that, that might be the, that he might come back and say, no, 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 no. The reason I hate you is because of this. And then I have to say, oh, OK, that makes sense. Uh, then then so be it. But I think right now, I think that he thinks that I was you know, conspiring against him. And that's just not the case. It's not the case at all. So. Yeah, I mean, well, when, when you were writing the book, you were very much, you know, he was promoting it. He was saying, you know, praising it at one point. But uh, yeah, but then I, I guess like when it, you know, down the line, something, something was like something happened. I mean, I, like I said, who knows? Like I said, I'm not much in the know. I don't like to do the digging or anything like that. I'm just like, hey, I'm just going to comment on what's happening. And then when I get pulled in the shit, I'm like, eh, I don't even I don't even know certain things, you know, when, mm -hmm. think, when I get pulled into it. It's all just a very I mean, when it comes to all this, I mean, obviously, when it comes to Justice League and uh, and the uh, the investigation, we all want everybody just like to sing to high heaven. And for the most part, Gal has said things about Joss. Great. Uh, ben Affleck has said certain things, maybe not everything um, when it comes to his situation, you know, and most people, and, and, and then now it's a big PR thing too, because Warner brothers is like trying to just be like, Hey, we just, and now with discovery coming in, it's like, Hey, we just want to like, Let's move forward and with, you know, we just want to be happy now. And mm -hmm. obviously, even with Ezra now with, you know, with the stuff that's happened with with uh, with his, with the situation that he's been involved with. And it's just and it's I tell you, it's it's all such a touchy situation when you like try to comment about it, even, you know, when it's like, all right, so who. Who's in the wrong? Who's in the right? Who's in this? And, you know, it's like it's like juggling fucking, you know, 12 different balls and chainsaws at the same time. It's like, what is happening? And there's so only so much that we know there really is, especially with this situation. Right. Yeah. Which seems to. A, it's still lingering, you know, yeah, like very much. There's so many people who would love to especially with these conversations that we just heard about a whole complete DC overhaul, you know, yeah. like people would like to move on. Um, and then there's plenty of other people who would like answers to, to, to what happened. And so we're going to be stuck in this limbo. You know, I feel like we're going to be stuck in this limbo of trying to figure out what happened. We're very much going to be stuck in this limbo, but at the same time, it's like, I think Zaslav coming in, to be honest, I think I think he's just like a no, sh you know, we're not we're not doing bullshit, you know, mentality kind of thing. I think he's very much in the in the vein of, hey, 
we got a company and now we merged two companies. We got to get our shit together. I mean, I think there was even a thing where it's like no red tape that came out. There was like an article, right? Casey, like there was something that came out, right? It said like no red tape, no bullshit kind of thing. And uh, I think he wants to very much just get past like all this kind of crap. And then like uh, he's seeing numbers. He's seeing like what is happening. I mean, we've talked, we talked earlier, Sean, about the fact that Henry Cavill's right there. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. how, you know, how many times have we seen Henry Cavill's name just trend because we want him back as Superman? You know, how many, how many times? I mean, it's just, it's all right there. It's like, and what the statement that they gave out about the overhaul is the fact that like, in one, one specific thing was the fact that uh, a character like Superman was left to languish. It's like, yeah, yeah. How do you, how is that possible? Like, how is it possible that... A, a character like Superman, which is, I mean, obviously Batman is probably the top tier when it comes, I mean, Batman and Spider-Man when it comes to Marvel and DC, let's face it. That's like Coke and Pepsi, you know, that's all fucking, it's, it's way up there, but Superman's not far below that. And it's like, how do you not have more Superman nowadays when like the last time we saw Superman is like, yeah, technically last year, but that was filmed back in 2016 it's like right, how is right, it right. that it's not been uh and i really think that this new company and zaslav is like really just going like all right i mean who knows again we don't know what's happening behind the scenes but at the same time it's just like he wants to just like cut the bullshit let's get thing things back to the way they were certain people got to get let go sure and i think that's going to continue to happen who knows but at the same time it's like all right um when it comes to this kind of stuff, like, you know, especially with like Ray Fisher, um, I mean, we all want to see him back as cyborg. We do. We want to see that again. But at the same time, like when it comes to him and Zach, it's like, oh, now they're doing something different over at Netflix. And, I, you know, we the, the whole fandom praised. We cheered when and we were fingers crossed, like, come on, Zach, just cast Ray Fisher in your movie. And he did because that's who Zach is. He's like, all right. Yeah. I saw injustice over there. You saw injustice over there. Now we're over here. Let's do something new, fresh, and we're going to build something new. And I, I wish there was more praise for that because it does seem like there's not as much praise for that. You know, we're all still kind of stuck in the fucking DC camp. Um, as well, much wait till we see it though. You know, like yeah. if it's a terrific part and Ray knocks it out of the park, which he will, that's great. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. Then it's yeah. almost like justice for all of them getting out of the DC mix, getting out of the Warner Brothers mix, right? See, and finding new life good, at, at Netflix. You bring up a good point. I'm just like, I'm like when, when when it comes to all this stuff, I'll even be like at some at some point where I'm like, guys, we won. Everybody is like winning right now. How are you not? Some people make it seem like we're we haven't won the full full war i guess but it's like what how many battles have we won because it's like we got the snyder cut to come out we saw right. it in all its glory and Which, by the way dave is the battle yeah that is the battle get the snyder cut released yes that was it that was the battle it's not the same as trying to get the sequels because that's that's a whole fuck that's a mountain to move it really is another one yes it's a whole other mountain to move but at the same time, it's like we have Zach over at Netflix and now Ray's over with him and they're right. making 
they're building up some shit like that is like coming from the ground up. That's a win. It's all a win. At the same time, yeah, and, and and at the same time, when it comes to, and I even said this, I think on my Patreon little audio that I posted yesterday, I was like, it's almost like, yeah, you got restore the Snyderverse. Yeah, I'm all about it. I want to see more and everything like that. But at the same time, I even said, why not hashtag salvage the Snyderverse a little bit? <laughs> Which I'm thinking, like, some of this stuff, if if Zaslav could be like, hey, we, we got to salvage some of what Zach did because. He did some great shit. I mean, that talking earlier about like the fact that Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot, and Ezra Miller are still around doing their stuff. Yeah, it might not be the exact plan that was that maybe was originally supposed to be there, but at the same time, I mean, there's there's a reason why that I keep supporting the Flash movie because I've talked to people who are involved in the the Flash movie, which are some of Zach's guys, the VFX guys, and they've all said like, yeah, the reason why we came back is because the script brought us back and i'm like oh i can't ignore that i can't right. ignore that you know and it's just like aquaman was supposed to be he's always been a butt of a joke that's the top dc film of all time <laughs> but one that- time i tweeted that the <laughs> continuation of these actors yeah and these characters that zach you know cast and established was enough for the restoration, quote unquote, of the Snyderverse. And I got crucified. I'm sure. I'm saying like, this is, what are you talking about? That's not enough. But, and I was like, yeah, but, but like, you're, you're, you're not going to get a hundred percent of what you want. So maybe take the win of Ben's going to be in flash. You know, uh, you have an Aquaman sequel with Jason. Uh, Gal's going to get a third Wonder Woman. You know, the, the, these are elements that Zach put into place. It, it might not be the full Snyderverse and the sequels that he planned for Justice League, but there's still an element of his influence and his fingerprints that are defining the DCEU moving forward. So, but I, I mentioned that and I got shouted down. So, of course, which is fine. That's okay. What do you guys okay. Casey, you sound like you have something to say. Yeah, that article was uh, pretty interesting to me, but I was I was seeing some people being super happy, and I just couldn't bring myself to that level. Although I should happy? be, yeah, because of that article. Because um, we are jaded DC fans, we know that stuff can be said, uh, you know, one way. But in order for that to happen, you have to wait years, and some stuff might just not happen. So. I see that article as a very positive one because the three takeaways from that, the first one being um, that, you know, primarily they just want the DC entertainment to be, you know, uh, revamped. They just don't like how it's going right now. They need a plan. And that's a good thing because the first thing that (laughs) he recognized literally in the first week after coming was that DC needs, you know, um, to be better to say the mm. least. So that is the first thing, you know, because they are recognizing the problem. So solving the problem comes later, you have to recognize the problem. So yes, that's a, a very good thing. And the second thing they said, um, they are probably looking for a Kevin Feige-like figure. And I think that's mm. a pretty good uh, good thing. Azar. Azar. Yeah, that's a very good thing. Uh, to yeah. even acknowledge that, you know, that's needed is a good thing. 
good luck finding that person <laughs> because that's extremely difficult. Um, but at least they are saying it, right? So I will remember that. And the third thing was that they want DC to be um, some sort of, you know, its own studio uh, like Marvel Studios is so that, you know, the executives that see these other movies for Warner Brothers don't have to necessarily dictate what happens with the comic book movies because they have no knowledge about that. They're just seeing sheets, you know, numbers on sheets. So you cannot um, make decisions based on that, you know. So it's it's good to have someone who is solely focused on the DC universe who is in charge of this. So that's a very good thing. And I think that's also another positive. The last thing that I was very, uh, which actually was my main takeaway, <clears throat> was that they are focusing on Superman again. So mm. that's the most positive thing. Like you have Henry Cavill as Superman, even the most, you know, um, critical Snyder haters or whatever, they at least acknowledge that given the right material, Henry Cavill can be in a good Superman movie, right? Forget Man of Steel, even if they like it, forget Man of Steel, BBS, even Snyder Cut, forget it. You have Henry Cavill uh, as Superman. That casting is important, right? Just yeah. make another movie. Don't get you don't have to get Zack Snyder. You don't have to get the old right writer. There. Yeah, just use him in a movie. If you if the executives think that you can make a Superman movie, a good Superman movie, and you don't need Zack Snyder to do that, sure, go ahead and make that movie. Who's stopping you? But you need to make that movie because he's Superman. Without Superman, there's no other members. There's nobody else. You cannot do that. It's like in the MCU, you know, sidelining Iron Man and Captain America and just keeping on (laughs) making the other movies. Or in the entire Marvel, just sidelining Spider-Man. Yeah. You need him. And we got uh, all the way from Kenyatta up north, Mr. Travis. What's going on, sir? Not bad. I had to come in because I saw all the Canadian slander in the chat talking about how bad we are and everything. No, no, I, I actually had not planned to be here, but because uh, I'm did? doing my Easter stuff here and the kids just like completely clunked out. So I'm in my in-laws basement right now. And uh, that's where I don't have no pretty lights or anything. But uh, I, I was that. listening the whole Love time. It. So good to uh, see everybody. Yeah. Good to see you too, Travis. How you doing? Good. I, I'm I'm very full. We had a nice brisket. We had ham. We had pierogies. Brisket. Had oh, yeah, yeah. Yummy. Like at early Easter, we uh, you do the whole thing where we did her side of the family, then my sides on the Sunday, I think, something like that. So I'm pretty full, but it's been a it's been a good weekend, four day weekend. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you showed up because you know you've always been outside of the Snyder verse <laughs> stuff, you know. So it's it's always good to get that. Up- opinion outside of this whole thing you know it, you know it's 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 been a it's been a it's been an adventure at least for you know me for sean for you know mm-hmm. even casey where it's like i mean i tell you what i mean the i mean me, me and sean have similar people who just don't like us because we don't say mm-hmm. the, the similar things you know and like and then there'll be people that do like me but don't like sean or like sean don't like me and i mean it's like the whole this whole crazy thing that's, you know, been put out there when it comes to uh, social media. But what's the you know, fact of the matter is, is I like Sean. Sean likes me. We like to 
converse. We had a great conversation before we dove into this. An hour. Mm -hmm. It took an hour. I even looked. I was like, you know, we had an hour conversation before pretty much we got into this whole stuff because, you know, we had to get into this stuff. But at the same time, it's like we had a great conversation. I almost was like, God, do I even want to bring this stuff up? But, you know, it had to be done. It had to be I done. Knew, I, knew it it. I knew it was yeah, coming, Dave. I knew it was coming. I know. I knew, I knew you knew, you know, and the fact that we're sitting here having drinks, we're you know, it was it was gonna be it was gonna be a, a thing, but I love the fact that because I saw people in the chat, are you gonna ask about I'm like, relax, I wanna have a conversation with somebody I haven't talked to in a bit first. And right. that's the thing. But then we finally got into it. So, you know, and and, and Travis being like a, an outside presence, I mean, mm -hmm. like seeing like all the stuff. I mean, you know, give us your give us your take. Well, when you said like you guys for the past few years have been in a whirlwind, like I feel like it kind of like just for fans and like general definitely started Man of Steel time because I, I try to think of like in my time of comic movies, it was it felt like either this movie was loved or was hated. Like when all of them were coming out, it was like the audience was clearly one way. And I feel like Man of Steel, like yeah, you had Watchmen, but Watchmen obviously is no Superman, no Spider Man, so people weren't even fighting for it as much. But Man of Steel, I remember the first time walking out of the theater and like half my group was like oh i love that half group was eh, i don't think that was really for me and bvs was more of that and it's one of these things that i think the fandom just comic book fandom in general has changed since 2016 because of bvs when that happened it created such a divide between everybody and for me i've definitely followed it because i have a lot of people that were huge into the following huge into the cut and everything like that and i will i was always the camp of sure i'd like to see it i wasn't the biggest fan of man of steel i like bvs and i love justice league but i was very much in the middle of like cool if he gets it that's awesome finishes movie but i'm also kind of like wait what theatrical justice league? Theatrical justice league you love theatrical no 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 easy there travis yeah i should no 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 that one i dislike more than man of steel and uh bvs because it just even at the point of like, and I know maybe I'm saying like unsacred things here, but I believe if you were to have Joss Whedon do a Justice League from start to finish, it would be a better movie than that. The same way Zack Snyder doing start to finish would be a better movie than that. The fact that you try to take these two directors and meld it together, it was never really going to work out. No, sorry. Zack Snyder's Justice League, I absolutely loved. and I, I loved like the five hour Watchmen. Like that's a yearly watch for me. I love I love a movie when it's in the world like Lord of the Rings when when I like what's going on, I could sit there for four to six hours and not like the Batman, same thing. When some people, they complain about length, not me, I, like it was three hours went by. So it's, it's been interesting to watch, but I agree with Sean completely where like you two have proven where I think when I first got on Twitter, whether it was a point or something, you have to, you feel like you got to argue or whatnot. And that was in that 2016, 2015 era. But I found out now it's, you don't get anywhere. It's just a revolving door. You're having the same conversation. Someone comes in and they say the same thing over. Like what you guys do here, you're going to be able to talk it out more than 140 characters, 280 characters. And there's actually subtlety. Whether you agree with someone or disagree with someone, you can actually stress your point as much as possible. So it's interesting. Obviously with the DC overhaul, it's always interesting. But I'm like many other people where it's – I'm gonna believe everything when i see it i i'm like sean i don't necessarily need an overhaul because i like that we have the connected universe and i like that we have a joker and the batman doing its own thing because that's something i would love for marvel i would love like hey tomorrow we're gonna do this captain america movie that's not chris evans that's completely separate we're just gonna have fun with it it's out of camera right. go you know 
like what that that's what i did like about x-men as well but at the same time i do if they say hey we really want a justice league 2 we really want our end game i think you do need someone watching over it a bit more with a plan and that's why i just i just don't know because obviously we've been through a buyout already and everyone really got hopes up of like this could change everything and then there was yeah. some people that liked it some people exactly. that didn't so like I'm, I'm more in the wait and see like yeah, let's see what happens in six months a year even then they still got a whole slate to come out like lots of these changes we won't even see for a while you know you still got shazam too you got black adam like we still got years worth of movies that i'm really excited oh, no, to it's see. not gonna be it's definitely not gonna be instant it's definitely not gonna be instant and like that's the thing it's like people i mean as as much as it seems like zazlop and crew were like all right we gotta fucking make some shit to, but it's like all right we gotta, and I've said this so many times, and it's like I wish I had a drop for Guns and Roses. Just a little patience, yeah, you know, and do you know? I, I try to do my best, you know, my best. Uh, what I can't I'm trying to think of his fucking name, Axel Rose. That's who I'm thinking. You know, I'm like I'm trying to think. You know, it's like, hey, we gotta like relax a little bit, and like, hey, if shit's gonna happen, let's be a little patient. I mean. Like, again, for the next seven months, after next week, Zack Snyder's filming a whole, uh, a two-parter movie right yes. now. Okay, let's not let's not forget that. It's not like he's just going to drop that and be like, well, I got to finish my Justice League Sorry, movie. Netflix, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that. I mean, I've always said that if they're going to continue his story, like, maybe he can, like, go, okay, you do that, and you do that. I have the foundation. Here's the storyboards. Here's stuff like that. Cool. That would, uh, you know, if bare minimum, that, that that's what we're going to get is the fact that Zach is not going to be full on hands-on. He'll be, like, a executive producer or maybe whatever the hell if there was something that were to continue on with that. But it's like, hey, but remember, he is now full-on Rebel Moon. 100 percent. we saw the the image that he posted where they were doing test shooting it's like and that he's going to be doing that till fucking thanksgiving <laughs> you know it's like we got to remember mm -hmm. that oh and sean i'm actually looking forward to like a rebel like a zach snyder star wars i mean come on well the, the thing about it is that zach has always been an unapologetic star wars junkie yeah right and if not being able to actually get the opportunity to play in this the official Star Wars sandbox, then yeah, let him come up with his own. Because what if he is the George Lucas, you know, of this generation, and that he creates his own world that's mm -hmm. that spawns multiple stories that are being told through? Because think about the way that like star wars now with other voices coming in and you get people like um uh gareth edwards who makes like a rogue one right like like what's to say that zach can't create something like that 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 has all of his passion for the type of storytelling that was star wars but not limited to the star wars universe i i think it's so freeing and i think it's so it has so much potential for what he's able to do because we know it's going to look fucking amazing. Uh, and, and if he's able to just put half of the passion that he has for Star Wars uh, into Rebel Moon, then God bless him. I, 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 I almost, I'm glad that he's not getting put into the Star Wars sandbox. Because yes, yeah. Me too. yeah, that wouldn't go well. 
Yeah, because because they would out. they would micromanage him and they'd be like, mm -hmm. no, you can't do that, you can't do that. But now he's able to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yes, yeah, yes, and we all want to see that. We yeah, all we, want to see that. We all want to see that. And we got Mr. Uh, Ray Flycast showing up. What's up, sir? So first of all, um, asking fan, asking fans for patience. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why? How do you? You, you have you, that's why. Why would you? Even I know. I know. I know. That's, you, you, you you wish. You dude, wish. Okay. No. I since, am running yeah, in the bathroom. Hold on. I'll be right back. All right. Go for it. Go for it, Sean. You're good. You're good. Since yesterday, you scared him, Ray. He left. I was I, I was just about to say that. Of course, he leaves as soon as I sign on. But like since yesterday, like okay, the, how long is the list? Okay. James Gunn, Jim Lee, Deborah Snyder, like all manner of who should be in charge. And it's like, okay, I, I tweeted earlier today. I'm like, look, you guys know that it's most likely that the person that's going to be put in charge of all this is someone you've never heard of that has never trended on Twitter. And I was like, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Nobody yeah. that we know is going to fucking take over that. Because when that. Iron Man came out in 2008, no one knew who the fuck Kevin Feige was. I'm not Nobody. saying that they need a new Kevin Feige, but he became a personality became the, because the MCU grew and they started to look into, oh, who's this? But in 2008, no one's like, oh, this is a Kevin Feige joint. Look at this. Good for oh, him, you know? Hold on to that thought for a second, Travis. I'm going to come back to that statement. Mm -hmm. because, but, but briefly, like, just really quick about Zack Snyder. Am I the only? There is a very good chance, at least for me personally, that as much as I have thoroughly enjoyed all of his work to this point, Rebel Moon is very likely going to be my favorite thing that he does. Because, and what I can't wait to, to I, this is the discourse I can't wait for. I can't wait until that comes out. And then we get this discourse. You know it's coming. I'm going to say it, and you're going to cringe as soon as I say it, but you know this is going to happen. This is what Star Wars, this is what the sequel trilogy should have been. Yeah. That's coming. You know that's coming. Oh, yeah. You know, gonna that. you know that's going to happen. But but no, it, it, let's circle back, Travis, to, to, to what you said. Because that is a sticking point. And, and I, I feel like today, I feel like we, we, can, we can bring some clarity to that statement here. <laughs> we have the power we have the capability for whoever's watching to bring some clarity to this to this statement what does someone mean when they say mm -hmm. dc needs a kevin feige when you say that travis what does it mean to you when you say that that, that would when when that statement is said what did what does it mean to you yeah, because I, I know like you and Brent on fans talked about that so many times as well. Or for me, it's not that I need someone with one creative vision like, OK, all these films are mine. You do this, this and this. And I'm fine with Feige doing that. I love the MCU. I think it's working out. Obviously, it's working. They're doing fine over there, right? They got a formula that's going, I just want someone where we talked about this on Twitter that, okay, let's say they do want, I said earlier on the stream, where they want to get to a Just League 2 or they want to tell like a six-film story arc. I do want somebody to kind of look to okay, you are the leader of this. You are the one pointing to make some of the key decisions, not everything, but something that kind of a spearhead or a steerhead of the ship. That's what I'm looking for that I'd say they, 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 they do need in some aspects, not every aspect, but I do think they need somebody or even a group of people. It doesn't have to be one person in total, but just say, okay, this is where the buck stops sort of deal. So, and I obviously yeah. you're going to get into, it, but I agree with you with it being a separate studio down the line. That is something that should very much happen, but I don't no. need, you know, the, the guy needs to be in the editing room and, oh, you can't do this and can't do that. Yeah, You don't need to have somebody that's like final cut 
you know, that has final cup privileges or whatever the fuck, or, you know, it's like, it seems like, you know, like when it comes to Matt Reeves, it's like, Oh no, that guy gets the final cut, you know, stuff. He knows what he's doing. He's building a universe. We don't need anybody to like tell Matt Reeves what he's doing with that bat universe that he's trying to like construct right here. But, but at the same time, it's like when it comes to other stuff, maybe, you know, when it comes to connected stuff, there needs to be somebody who's like, hey, I got a flow chart here. Look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, what's connected to like what? Which kind of like what Zach had with the DCU plan, like he yeah. had with Jim Lee and Jeff Johns. And I know that he is a director and, you know, he uh, he's created his own story for his movies. And that shouldn't be his job. Uh, it should be the job of the whole producer who is, you know, the Kevin Feige figure who should be the producer, the businessman who looks at the overall DC brand for like what it's going to be like for the next five years, what it's going to be like for the next 10 years. You don't just, you know, make up oh. random movies, green light random movies based on what's trending. That's not how you build a brand. And okay, so, yeah. Yeah. Kevin, Kerry Vandenberg yes. brings up a really yeah. good point because I'm yeah. currently in the middle of reading this two part uh, making of Marvel Studios, uh, essentially the breakdown of how they put their stuff together. And when you say that DC needs a Kevin Feige, it's not just Kevin Feige, it's yeah. the team that's around yeah. him. Um, yeah. And Feige has brought up these producers in uh, Lou Esposito and Victoria Alonso and Trintron. Uh, and and they're people who are invested in the projects from from the time of conception uh, all the way through till the home video release. Like they literally are walking through every step of the way. And some of the things that they brought up, and and it's interesting because you know when when they talked about like oh Zach could have been this, but Zach isn't that. Zach is a filmmaker. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I hate it when people put Zach in that. Uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He sorry. never should have been that. He never no, should have no. been. Never, now, no, maybe, exactly. maybe Debbie, but, but, but even not. Even no. not, right? Um, no. Because what they talked about a lot in these books is that early on in, in Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2, when they ran into uh, problems, when they ran into obstacles in their storytelling, in, in the cutting of all this stuff together, um, other studios, uh, past studios, would have farmed out the problem to uh, other editors. You know, you hire another editor, you hire a script doctor, you hire somebody to come in and, and, and chop it up and fix it. Um, but Feige and those guys in the early days would say, nobody knows this material as much as we do. So we're going to be the ones who fix it. We're going to hunker down and we're going to, because we believe in the material. We love it. And DC has never had that. that that's what DC is lacking. A board of, you know, a, a small group of people who legitimately care. So what, the, when the name that I keep hearing that always made sense to me is Jim Lee, because I think Jim Lee genuinely understands the material and cares now, does Jim Lee know everything about how to put movies together? No. But if you pair him with people who do, he can be the Feige because he at least knows about the material and cares about the material and can keep people focused on that. So that's all I have to say about that. So, so, so what this circles back to is 
Travis, what I've been calling for for like the last year or so and what other people have done. And I, I will, I'll just, I'm trying to get this hashtag to catch on. <laughs> hashtag DC Studios. Because when we talk about what Marvel does, regardless of how you feel about their process, regardless of how you feel about what they do, the bottom line is that when we talk about how they operate, it's Marvel Studios. Right. When people think about Disney, they think of Disney in, a lot of times in the wrong place. Disney's not the studio. Disney's the parent company that owns the studios. Lucasfilm is its own studio. Marvel is its own studio. That has never right. been the case with DC. DC has always been a subsidiary, a branch off of Warner Brothers, and right. it is far too big of an IP to simply be a branch of Warner Brothers. It must Correct. have its own autonomy. And once it does, then you can do this. Then you can have a Jim Lee. Then you can have some. And they won't farm stuff out to the other editors. And they can handle everything in-house on their own terms when they are their own studio with their own power. And now, quite honestly, I mean, they should have done this a while ago. But it is now even more the time because it is very clear that superheroes as a genre, not only is it arguably the most valuable genre to Hollywood right now, it's not going away. No, it's continuing to move forward and get bigger, especially with the advent of now that everybody has an app except for Sony. Now that everybody has a streaming app except for Sony, there is no reason that your most valuable superhero IP, your most valuable IP shouldn't have its own studio. So and regardless of who's in charge, directors want to come over. Actors and directors want to come over and play in that sandbox. Yes, uh, uh, clearly they do. So regardless of who's in charge, you know we can have those arguments all the live long day of who's in charge. My number one thing, my bottom line, my non-negotiable that must happen in my opinion, is make DC Studios. If you're just going to put somebody in charge of DC films and keep it a part of Warner Brothers, nothing's going to change. Nothing yeah. is going to go to the way that it should be. DC Studios has to exist. And in that article, they said that they were toying with the idea of doing that, which might just be to gauge reaction from people. But I feel like they should have made a hard statement for that because that yes. I do feel strongly about that because I do feel it is necessary. And I don't believe that a comic book guy should go and head, uh, you know, be the head over there. I don't believe that. But I do think that that would help. Yeah, but Sean, Jim Lee, he should. Yeah. Like, like Sean said, Jim Lee is would be the perfect guy to have in that board be, yeah. because for marvel look they they don't just have kevin feige and these two people they have a separate board who you know specifically works on the continuity aspect of the universe they they interact with other directors james gunn you know has to go in to that meeting when thor 4 is happening to make sure that both directors are not you know, <laughs> keeping any holes in the stories. They need to have their story straight. And I know that the DC, you know, you know different directors can make their own movies. That can happen. That's, that's a good thing. Um, but at least they shouldn't be too far apart from each other like ABS and Wonder Woman 84. So that's, mm -hmm. that stuff cannot happen. When that stuff happens, you can, you know, you can count on, temporary you know success from some movies like maybe justice league will succeed maybe superman movie will succeed but if you put out a plastic man movie or a blue beetle movie <laughs> nobody will go to it <laughs> i forgot about the plastic man movie yeah yeah, yeah is that still happening studios, marvel studios uh, you know is on their third ant-man movie so third yeah. ant-man movie fourth floor movie 
Yeah. <laughs> just my experience uh, alone, I'll just yeah. tell you about Ant-Man. I didn't know who that character was, okay? So my experience with Ant-Man was I saw the poster. It looked interesting with that ant, you know, uh, growing and all that thing, the first poster. It looked interesting, but it's Ant-Man. Like, it was totally ridiculous, right? But I saw that the Marvel Studios logo was on it, and I went and saw the movie. And it was a great movie, you know, the first Ant-Man movie. So that needs to happen for DC as well. Like, no matter what you put out, people should, you know, feel the need to go out and see the movie because it's a DC movie, not because the trailer looks interesting or because the poster interests you. They need to feel, you know, interested in any DC movie. So that comes with consistent success from the DC brand. The only thing I'll say about that, Casey, is that I still will posit that the general audience, by and large, does not care about labels. They see yeah. superheroes as is one Wonder Woman and Marvel, genre. yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, or, and, and, and and they, they keep waiting. They keep waiting for Spider-Man to join the Justice yeah. League. Yeah, I've, I've people happen. have said people have told me that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the Flash would be crazy. More people in the general audience today can tell you facts, you know, about Marvel Studios movies today than they did two decades ago. Marvel was nothing. DC was the leader, you know, since decades. Well, but, 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 but to yeah. be fair, though, to be fair with that, though, Casey, DC was the leader with two characters for 34 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and they made their heyday with just those two, which is why, which is part of why they're having so much trouble now, because they can't, they, they can't get out of their own way when it comes to either of those characters, especially the one in the red cape at this point in yeah. time. So, and thankfully that was in there. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a situation where in many ways DC is almost, they're having to not necessarily like relearn, but like learn how to like branch out, which is weird yes. because it's, and the problem is that because there's such a legacy, you know, Marvel didn't have that legacy in terms of live action. And on top of that, the the crafting of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was in such a way that remember they started without their A listers. They started without yeah. Spider Man. They started without the Fantastic Four. They started or without X-Men. Daredevil or and, and X Men. Exactly, those were at other studios. So it was a situation where they had to start with the Avengers and build their yeah. way up, and they did it phenomenally the way that they did. And now they're in a position where yes, as you said, it is it's household. Marvel Studios is to superheroes as Kleenex is to tissue. As Netflix is to streaming, it is in, in the yeah. general audience's eyes. The perception, in terms of the marketing, yeah. is absolutely there. In Warner Brothers' case, in DC's case, they spent forty years building their legacy on two characters, and in the last decade or so, they've tried to bring the others in, and they have fumbled it. They have they have stumbled here and there, and they need to yeah. get a more consistent <laughs> plan with that because it's almost it. it but yeah. it, right, exactly. Yeah. And so, oh, there's it, a so, show coming in like 18 years. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. But but unofficial Green Lantern as well. <laughs> right. But, but but it's a case where they've they've got to figure out that balance because it it's almost yeah. it, you know what it's like. It's like heavy lies the crown. You mm-hmm. have like two of the big guns in your stable for so long and you've built such a generational responsibility with the, the two of them. And now you have to figure out a way to bring everybody else in while still maintaining that responsibility to them. And that's yes. what they've had trouble with over the last five exactly. or six years. 
Exactly. And it's like, you know, even pointing to this is like when, when you look at that 2011 Green Lantern movie with mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds, like, oh, man, there was like a lot of things that were like, oh, that works. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that could work. This could work. And then all of a sudden it was like when you hear about all the behind the scenes of like the script was still like, you know, being constructed as it was happening. They didn't know how they were going to end it and all this stuff. It was like, oh, yeah, it was like. I remember even when, when that came out, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is uh, DC's answer to uh, Iron Man because Iron Man is not the main you know person that you think that would start a whole franchise, but it did. So it was like, all right, we're going to get our hero that's sarcastic and you know whatever the hell, and we're going we're gonna to create something about, you know, with that. We're going to create a universe, and it didn't work because they were too busy reacting to it. I mean, and, and that's what happens when it comes to this kind of stuff it does you know it gets reactionary but it you know does it work sometimes maybe i guess you could say when it comes to captain america civil war reacting to batman versus superman was a thing that that worked out but green lantern reacting to iron man no <laughs> no it didn't another <laughs> great example john is... <laughs> did you want to say something about like that whole thing what's that about like that, how like DC like reacting to things or something like that. I, I, you know, it seems like so many of the different studios were chasing after the Marvel model necessarily. Yeah. When, and this goes all the way back to what we started talking about in the beginning of this of, of DC not necessarily needing to overhaul everything that they're doing because to a certain extent, they have gotten themselves to a place where they are doing their own thing now moving forward. Um, And I feel like this ability to invest in directors, and I hope they continue to do this uh, and let those directors tell the types of stories that they want to tell without fighting for continuity, um, whether it be uh, Todd... um, uh, Phillips, Phillips, who, Phillips, who makes a, a Joker film, uh, and James Gunn, who makes a, a standalone Suicide Squad, which parlays into a Peacemaker. Well, um, even in that or, article, I don't mean to cut you off, Sean, but even in that article, sure. they talked about secondary characters, how they can be beneficial. Like they talked about the Joker, like how these secondary characters can be profitable, and that yeah. very much was. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's and think about the the higher profile characters who they haven't even touched on in terms of like Nightwing. Like Nightwing would be a tremendous franchise, oh you know, to, to launch. Um and 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 it seems like they're doing a little bit of it on the T on the TV side, uh, with Doom Patrol, you know, and and there is a Superman and Lois. You know, a lot of people do talk about Superman and Lois as, as rebooting the character. Um all of these studios are trying to figure out a way to balance streaming and theatrical. And I think DC is in a good place if they just keep figuring out a way to move forward. Uh, and I think that they will. Um, but yeah. don't don't overhaul. You know, Just continue to build on what you're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. Yeah, I think... Uh, I, love Ray's, I, I love Ray's suggestion for DC Studios as an isolated property where these creative decisions can be made in-house. I love that idea. Sure that. And, and, and I remember seeing a tweet from Eric Davis. You know, we all know who Eric Davis is. And um, he said that, like, hey, just trust your filmmakers. 
Trust your filmmakers, build, invest on what you have right now, you know, and, 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 and if one day that Snyder can come back and do something too, or even if they build on top, which they are, which I, I, I you know, I always would say that what Muschietti is doing, he's building on top of that. What Juan was doing, building on top of that, even mm -hmm. Jenkins, even though like they took like a wicked left turn when it came to 84, but at the same time, still building on what he Build Peacemaker that thing. He what? Peacemaker had Justice League. Yeah. And it had two Justice League members that Zach cast. I mean, regardless of what yeah. what you think about it and like the context yeah. of the scene, I thought it was great because I was like, hey, there you go. There's Ezra, there's Jason. They did it. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks that the others weren't there, but at the same time, I he did like it. back and forth. Yeah. He filmed it. <laughs> he did film. Yeah. yeah. So well, and, and and so it, it just you know going back to the to, to the, the DC Studios idea, like it just eliminates so many issues that they have had. Not, not the least of which being the biggest issue being communication, truthfully, because mm -hmm. even if 100%. you even if you remain because I agree, Sean's right, don't overhaul everything because you're in a good place now. Batman. Absolutely. Well, yeah, what, well, and, that's, and that's one of the concerns that fans have now is that if they overhaul everything and essentially start fresh and try to build this shared cinematic universe that we're going to lose stuff like Reeves's Batman film, we're going to lose things like Todd Phillips Joker. I don't think that, that you can't make a sound financial argument not to continue those because of what the, the, the success that they've had. And so that's where you have to strike a balance and, it just it's easier when you're trying to do that when your studio is separated from all the rest of Warner Brothers issues and all the rest of Warner Brothers pressures, because the problem is when you when you try to build that council, you know, like like with Alonzo and D'Esposito or when you try to build that council of producers mm -hmm. along with the boss, but they've also got to worry about the entire rest of Warner Brothers like the other producers did. They get lot the comic book stuff yeah. gets lost in the shuffle, and you end up bringing in a council that doesn't care nearly as much about source material, doesn't care nearly mm -hmm. as much about the IP as they mm -hmm. should if they're going to get it right, subjectively speaking, of course. But like, and that's been the, that's been the issue. Like when you when it's just when it's just DC films, all of the Warner Brothers pressures from everything else gets heaped onto it, and it just becomes part of that machine. It needs to be its own machine. So that, but listen, all the producers working on Dune and everything else can worry about the Warner Brothers stuff. The DC people can worry about the DC stuff because you're not going to, the DC stuff is not going to go away. And no. you need it separated away from whatever other chaos is going on in the Hollywood structure with the rest of the studio. You need it to have its own controlled chaos within its walls, which is what Marvel has had for 14 years under Disney's purview. Kathleen Kennedy doesn't bother them. That the, the rest of the Disney film divisions don't bother them, and Feige doesn't have to worry about anything other than Chappick trying to get ScarJo to sue him. That's all he. That, that's that's it. Other than that, like he is focused solely on his studio's goal. It it just makes all the sense in the world. And then and then you can also keep the communication insulated so that if you have creatives that are doing different things because it's all the same one studio separated from the rest of Warner brothers. Now it's a case where, okay, within these walls of DC studios, uh, Juan can 
shoot this email off to gun and they can talk to Jenkins and it doesn't have to be like a meeting, but it can be just a, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Hey, that's what I'm doing. And it's all within the purview like of DC before. studios. And it was like that at one point, which was good. They were communicating with each other and that's how it should be, you know, because look, they are planning to build the cinematic universe. So they have to um, be in contact with each other to know, where your story is going, you don't have to follow the exact sequel to your movie, but right, we don't need something. we don't need an Infinity Saga. Yes, we don't need that. Yes. But yeah. continuity absolutely yeah. is is necessary. Well, I mean, I mean, remember back in the nineties? I mean, I mean, come on, who watched Batman Forever when 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 Val Kimmer's Bruce Wayne was like, "Where are you gonna go? The circus should be half halfway to Metropolis right now." I was like, oh, I was like, dude, even Superman returns when the reporter is like, yeah. reports are coming in from you know, uh, 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 wherever Boston and Gotham. She said yeah. Gotham. And my buddy turned to me and was like, Gotham. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Before the, but before Ray, the you bring up a really great point uh, in terms of Lucasfilm. Like they've got a pretty good core of people and they still can't figure it out. Like <laughs> that is true. Kathy is so Kenny, much- Kathy Kennedy, the other Maloney, John Favreau, those guys are like, they know what they're doing in terms of storytelling and filmmaking, and they still can't get so, movies off the ground. Okay, so, so here's the interesting thing, and Travis, you totally should speak here in a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, Here's the, the, the thing about that, Sean. I think in Lucasone's case, which I'm on the island of there are no bad Star Wars movies. I am on that island. I like all okay. of them. But oh. it's all subjective. But... <laughs> The, the I think that Lucasfilm's issue is kind of a lot of uh, it's, it's kind of similar to DC's issue, and in fact, a lot of the issues that they've had with their movies, DC has also had. You br- you guys brought up Rogue One earlier. We know what happened with yeah. respect to reshoots and how sure. that ended, and we all know what happened with Solo. Solo was like a a version of what happened to Justice League, only it wasn't as much of a bomb necessarily. Like sure. they're not they're not going to go forward with it, but so and and I think part of the I think part of the issue is like I was saying before how in Warner Brothers and DC's case they can't get out of their own way because there's a lot of history and there's a lot of expectations heaped upon you know the heavy lies the crown. I think unfortunately Lucasfilm is in the middle of that where it's heavy lies the crown and they feel this obligation to the nostalgia. They feel this obligation to the Skywalker saga, and they are not necessarily willing to deviate from that, which is why you get into these scenarios where, okay, we were going to go, the, the director or the creative is going to go in this direction, and then Kennedy and the others say, well, no, let's let's fix all of this and change it back so it connects back to what everybody knows and loves, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. let's let's make the ending of Rogue One, which I loved, but it, yes. it but but it's the it's the fan ending. It is. It's the fan mm-hmm. ending to the movie. As much as I love it. It's not the the daring ending. It's not the the experimental ending. It's not the risky ending. It's the safe right. ending. It is it's the safe ending that we all know and appreciate. And I just think that they have an issue getting out of their own way in terms of those satisfying those expectations while trying to push the envelope further and do any new things. Which is you could say the same thing about DC <laughs> with respect to listening to people tell them how much Superman should smile and you know what. <laughs> what should happen with these characters and that like it's 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 very much the similar issues there and, and and i think maybe because they're owned by disney somehow they can get away with it a bit more 
than DC can, I guess. But yeah, that's, I, I, one, that's one point. But I think the main thing, the difference between DC and the Lucasfilm thing is that despite how they are making their movies, all of their you know movies made over a billion dollars. One of them made two billion dollars. The only disappointment, quote unquote, they had was Solo. So that's the only roadblock they had. Despite everything ha- that happened with Rogue One, it still was profitable. It turned up money. Mm-hmm. So they're not as. That's also like I bring up the uh, you know the profit and all that billion dollars and all that because it's not just about the movie making money. It's about people reacting to Star Wars in such a manner. Like they are putting in nostalgia, but that that's what people are seeing. That's what people want to see, regardless how many. <laughs> You know how many times people are complaining online. That's what's making the most money. So maybe we are, you know, sending the wrong message to them. Maybe we should not show up to those movies as as much as we are. And another thing that you know, when you brought up John Favreau and Dave Filoni, right? So they mm-hmm. are they have not been involved in the movies until now, and you know they they started with The Mandalorian. So. That has been a very big success. Like everyone, now it's like that's the starting point of the streaming Star Wars, you know, universe, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see that, how they play out, because it seems like John Favreau, again, is another person of that type, uh, of, you know, the Feige type that has been since Iron Man 1. He has seen the MCU. He has been in those circles. He has seen what works, what doesn't work. So he's trying to bring that to Star Wars, which is a great thing. Like you have experience, why not experiment it? And to work with him, Kathleen Kennedy, the villain of Star Wars, told, <laughs> you know, told um, um, Filoni that you have to work with him. So they are both working on this universe. One is deep into Star Wars lore. He, he, you know, he is a big fan of George Lucas. So he's trying to bring that in. So you have this duo that's working on the streaming side of Star Wars. And it's been a success so far. Next is Obi-Wan, and I'm, I'm sure that Obi-Wan is going to be even bigger than Mandalorian mm-hmm. because that's an OG character. So, so far they have been, you know, they, they made three things in Star Wars and streaming, and by the looks of it, they have been successful. So after Obi-Wan, I think they might be tapped on to do the movie side of things. But as of right now, I think they are not focusing on the movie side because it's too risky right now. Even The Last Jedi, like, that's the most hated one for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Even that made over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Who's to complain about that? Yeah. Travis. So, Travis, Casey I think said Sean exactly what I was gonna, he's, Yeah, he said what, exactly what I was going to say because I think that's how they got away with it. I think if you would have had Force Awakens, Rogue One, and then Solo, and then all of them started to perform like Solo, there would have been a lot more shuffles. There would have been a lot more, hey, Kathy, what's going on here? But because, like Casey just pointed out, Last Jedi, right, came out very divisive. Oh, this is going to kill Star Wars. The next movie that came out after it made a billion dollars. So it wasn't that divisive, at least for the general audience, that they were like, oh, I, I don't think I love Star Wars anymore and things like that. So <sighs> Star Wars is so interesting. For me, I, I'm, I'm very torn. For me, Obi-Wan is a big thing coming up that I really want to see how it goes. Because I was somebody when, you know, you never know because reports come out. Some are true, some are not, some are in the middle. But... I wasn't a big fan of hearing the whole Deborah Chow maybe had a different story that she wanted to do for Obi-Wan and Filoni and Favreau kind of like, yeah, yeah, but you could do this or you could do this. And that's when it starts when we talked about the because 
I would understand the Book of Boba Fett, Mando season one, two, three spinoffs. Sure. I don't think Obi-Wan really has much to do with Mandalorian, right? So it's strange mm-hmm. for Favreau and Filoni to be like, oh, but you should you should think about maybe not Darth Maul. How about Darth Vader? And oh, wouldn't it be great if the Inquisitor came back? And again, I could be talking about my ass because it's just stuff we read online, right? But if that yep. was the case where, you know, she had a vision, they kind of went, ah, oh, but it'd be better if it fit into this mold. That's when you go, oh, we're getting in that situation where... Deborah Chow maybe wanted to tell one story and we might not get it. Now, I may lo- love Obi-Wan, but even the actor that played the Grand Inquisitor today, like Ray was referring to, he's like, oh, there's tons of cameos and tons of Easter eggs. Fans are going to love it. And the thing is, tons of fans are going to love that. But then there's a whole other side of like, oh, man, I really wish we would get away from that and just evolve. Because all I want is <laughs> I want Obi-Wan a la Logan. I want an mm-hmm. Obi-Wan show where he's just depressed Fuck, and he's dealing yeah. with what has happened. I don't need, like, mm-hmm. I'm still the person that I don't need him fighting Vader again. And I'm really not a fan of any of that. So, yeah, I'm, I, Obi-Wan to me is going to be a big telling point of, I'll always be excited for Star Wars. I saw Star Wars as a kid. It's always going to have a place in my heart, but I've always said, like, it's mm-hmm. the level of how excitement I can get. And Boba really hurt that for me. And Obi-Wan. If it is just another, you know, look at this de-aged actor and look at this. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, because, like Casey said, because they've been so successful, they can get away with it. But even then, well, that's why we talk about the overhaul DC. They've been pretty successful the past little bit. Like, Dave pointed out Aquaman. Yeah, sure, Batman didn't hit a billion, but it's a fucking huge, massive hit that's making tons of money. It's going to make them more money down the line. People are excited for other things. I think Black Adam with The Rock is going to be a massive hit. So it's like they maybe have a little less pressure on them right now if these movies keep performing well, which I think the upcoming slate will for the most part. I don't know how Shazam 2 is going to do because I know we <laughs> talked about that before, but that same, what is it, the same week or the, the week same before day. Avatar? Yeah. Well, it's the yeah. same day. Mm-hmm. Same day I, I just, I, like, I, that one to me is a head scratcher. I get the, it that people the see Shazam different things. The Shazam franchise but... has been cursed and it sucks because I yeah. love yeah. Dave Sandberg so much. I mean, did you see what he posted today? He was like, so oh, good. The Batman yeah. thing, the Batman thing with all the pow, pow, and then the fucking den, and 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 It was so great. And I'm like, I love this guy. And it's like, he just seems like, when it comes to release dates, his movies get the shit end of the stick. It's like, yeah, you watch the first Shazam, and I'm like, I'm like, this is a great Christmas movie. I love, you know, it's it's in yeah. my Christmas rotation now. But it came out in fucking April, April. Uh, you know, right. you know, like why? Just, like one or like one or like two or three weeks before the biggest event in the Marvel yes, Cinematic before universe. Endgame, right after <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just don't care. I'm going to punch yeah. out. I'm going to yeah. go. Yeah, I figure I was I was wondering, Sean, I'm like I know it's getting late for you, so uh but you I know what, man? Stream, yeah, thanks for joining, you know, I you know, I know I I I didn't want it to be an uncomfortable thing when it came to asking certain questions, but I think this was a great conversation, man. I think Dave, this you and I are always good, my friend. Oh yeah. You and I are always good. Doors always open, my 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 friend. Always. So go Any ahead and anyone wants to know before I before I bail. <laughs> Anybody have a good yes, Easter weekend. Actually, have a good do. Easter weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good Easter weekend. Yes, it is yeah. Easter this weekend. Jeez, yeah. it's your yes. favorite spot. <laughs> Honestly, Dave, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love what you do here. I'm a huge right. fan of the vodka stream, and uh, I appreciate it, man. And promote your book. Success, everybody. Oh, uh, with great power, it's on Amazon. Check it out. There you go. New Spider-Man book. Both. Follow me on socials. I'm going to plug it consistently so yeah there you go <laughs> all right thanks everybody. John. i appreciate, appreciate it. it bye guys all right see, see you later, later.
fuck yeah, that. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, that. Woo! Man, that was uh, no, that was from the outside because I I was just yeah. putting the kids to sleep. You guys had a good conversation because, and I was I was so curious because I saw the guests. I was like, oh, how's this gonna go? Yeah. And then I saw the yeah. chat, and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be very interesting. But I I think uh, it is like I said before. It's like that's the best way you guys have it, and I'm guarantee you, there's people in the chat that feel differently or don't feel differently at all about opinions they may have on them, but. This is that's a much better way to talk about it and just like you you and at least yeah. someone you could point to like hey this is his side whether you believe it or not or you agree with it or not watch this hour interview and take from it what you would so I thought it was I I was gripped the whole time I was yeah. like, oh, oh, oh trust me oh trust me there was like I was watching the chat even got like <laughs> a text message or two like whoa this is getting them like you know it was kind of funny too because you know I wanted to be like all right Sean I mean when when this whole thing when when we plan we plan to have a vodka stream with his um you know promoting his book. I hit him up like probably like a month and a half ago or maybe even two months almost. And I was like, hey man, when you want to come on, promote your book. This is before, you know, things really got controversial. I mean, he's always been a controversial character when it came to uh the Snyder fandom, of course. But I never let that, you know, bother, you know it didn't matter to me. I don't care. Like, I just want to have conversations with people. So then he hit me up this week and I was like, well, I don't have a guest, you know, because I've been so busy. I haven't even tried to reach out. So yeah, let's do it. And I was kind of pondering. I'm like, Oh man, how is this going to play out kind of right. thing? And I'm like, and it got to the point where I was like, all right. I mean, I have to ask him about certain things Do mm -hmm. I have to ask him about right. the turning red controversy. And then of course the Ray Fisher stuff that added to it, but I didn't want to like start off off, you know, right when he bought this. So Sean about, you know, I wasn't going to yeah. do that. And I saw people in the chat, dude, he bet. I'm like, shut the fuck. What, what, I even saw somebody who has a YouTube channel. Patience. Himself. patience. I'm yeah. like, give me, you know what? We're going to talk about his book. We're going to talk about, things first and then i'll get to the fucking conversation i'm not going to come off right off the bat like with like the heavy hitting questions i was going to lead into it well, well it's just you know i because i i had no clue until like an hour ago who your guest was going to be and then i saw yeah. the, then i saw the twitter post i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah okay because 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 i saw the post and then i read the the responses i was like oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, oh, me too. Shit. I was like, "Oh boy, yeah. okay, what is?" And I don't can, know. Can but... I say something? Like, and this yeah, is this is this is nothing for Dave. This is something they can hate on me. I've never understand the okay. Let's say Dave posts this tweet out, and other people respond. Why are you sharing the same tweet? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? They've oh. seen it. You responded to one person. You exactly. Know, it oh, yeah, there was, yeah, they kept on showing the Ray Fisher tweet. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yes, I know about the and Ray it's like Fisher Dave's tweet. audience knows about this. They know yes. about. <laughs> we we all saw it. We all yes. saw it and or responded to it, uh, myself included. And and it, no. So it was one of those things where I was like, I, I I'm not gonna lie. Listen, we're we're, we're all we're all friends here. We're all gonna be honest. Yes. I'm sitting I'm sitting here like I'm not a hundred percent certain what I'm gonna do if Dave sends me the link. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do because because I've called him out before Dude, many times. And, and, and Ray and Ray, I was completely going. I don't know who's going to show up tonight. Right. I mean, I hit up Casey and I'm like, you showing up? And he said, yeah. And then, and then, uh, Travis, he, he hit me up and said, oh yeah, I'm actually available tonight. And I was like, cool. And I sent him the link, but you know, when it came to people, I was like, I wasn't sure, Ray, you were one of them. I was like, I wasn't sure if you're going to show up, but I always send you a link. And I was like, Hey, you want to come on? 
you don't have to, you know, I get it. Well, well, it it comes down to what you said though, in terms of like, you're not going to hit him with all, you're not going to hit him with a sledgehammer when he comes in. No. And the thing is, is one, one thing that I think as far as fandoms in general, it, this is even more like prescient now because of this whole Elon Musk thing in Twitter, because like so <laughs> many people freaking out over that. And it's like, yeah. okay, guys, it, you know what? It, it's funny. Cause it, I actually, Travis, all right. When it comes to this, we, we had a disagreement a while back about the importance of Twitter when we were talking about spoilers yes. and you made a comment about how, you know, maybe Twitter shouldn't be, you know, don't be on Twitter for so much of your life. So long right, or, or, and all mm-hmm. that. Right. And we disagreed on that with spoilers, but when it comes to like real life and when it comes to fandoms, Oh no, that's absolutely true. We place far too much importance on the app. And the problem is that when you use an app that limits you to 280 characters and yeah. eliminates all context whatsoever, you are free to make whatever assumptions and whatever like compulsions you have about what somebody has said. So when he tweets something or when he writes the turning red review and tweets it, all manner of hell breaks loose because everyone is, it's very different than when you talk to him, you know, on camera, like face to face, like having a one-on-one because then there's context. Then you, you hear how he sounds, you see, how he feels, whatever it is. It's a very different environment than Twitter, that damn cesspool. So, And, and we all make snap judgments. We all do that times on situation. We talked about last time I was on here with the Ezra Miller stuff, right? It's like some people, whether they're for him or against him, right away they've already had an opinion created. But like that's where you got to just step back. Okay, like this, like give it at least a chance. At least even if you say, hey, I still disagree with him or I still don't like the guy, then you could say, I watch this, I listen to this, then sure. But if, like Ray's saying, you base it off a 280 tweet, then no. And that's the same thing. I've seen mutuals before getting like real fights on Twitter because of just something. I always say, like, if you feel like there's a real fight starting, take it to the DMs or something like that because the whole the tweet thread thing is never going to. It's never going to resolve anything. It's good for conversations and stuff like that and fun stuff and talking um, about ideas. Like, Ray, we were doing that yeah. earlier this week when that article came out. Of like, oh, what would, would you like? What do you I like? But you just got to you gotta be careful with it. You know, it's well, social media is tough. But, no, I, I thought it, you did good with the interview. And like Ray said, you yeah. can't come up with a sledgehammer because then the person no. would also just feel like you no. are – you are deliberately bring them on just to like grill them and like get like almost pop a rating like oh right when Sean gets in I'm gonna hit him with so like the gotchas like, nope. no because oh yeah it it, it, no, it, no, it no, also no, make no. you look bad in a sense too because exactly yeah mm-hmm. and at the, the same, same time when you said he's... sorry go ahead oh I was just gonna say when you the same thing you said he's a controversial figure in that thing like you were talking about earlier there's people that probably view you as a controversial figure as well oh, right there's a camp that you view you as an enemy you know so Dave controversial no nah not me what are you talking about no but it was just like it was like all right all right but the the first thing first is like all right he's got a new book that he wrote let's we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about Spider-Man we're gonna talk about all kinds of stuff and it wasn't even almost like till like an hour in where I was like all right Let's now get into the nitty gritty where I'm like, all right, let's talk about the turning red review backlash. And then that was going to lead into the Ray Fisher stuff. And I'm like, there you go. I'm like, I wasn't going to just start off with like, so what the fuck, man? You know, I wasn't going to do that. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I like Sean. I like Sean as a person. He's a, you know, I've had, uh, you know, he's been on the, the, the Vodka stream twice. We've had great conversations. 
I like the dude. So I'm like, all right, let's let's get into him. But, uh, but and, and I think he was very much and he even said he was like he was waiting for that because obviously he saw when it came to the social media stuff, he knew that there was going to be that those questions that were going to be um, asked. And and then he he answered him. He answered his side. You know, he's like, this is my side of the whole situation of of both of that, the the turning red review backlash and the Ray Fisher stuff. He totally and that's what i wanted i was like that's what i want people to hear is his side you know so then we can get more of a hey we got ray's side we got his side hopefully we can get some more information when it comes to this you know it's like it's just adding to the 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 dialogue i guess you could say when it comes to this whole situation so yeah Yeah. well the only thing i regret is now making a turning red joke (laughs) Because I was thinking of you, yeah, yeah. But the talk was like, okay, not appropriate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I remember like uh uh, yeah, you're like oh yeah, we should the relatable kind of joke, like the relatable, oh yeah, yeah. relatable jokes. But at the same time, it's like we've talked we talked about his review on the Vox stream a few weeks ago when it happened, and I told them that I'm like everybody in the panel agreed that. The, the review was tone deaf, which he agreed was like, yeah, it was, it was, I wasn't the, I shouldn't have posted that it was all in the wrong, you know, he agreed that it was tone deaf, but at the same time, we didn't, we didn't think that he was like this racist, misogynist person, especially when you look at the, 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 uh, past reviews that he's given. Like, like I said, I was like, dude, you gave, you thought, you thought soul should have been best picture of the year, which. Ray, have you watched it yet? No. You need to watch it. You need <laughs> to watch it. How have you not watched it, Ray? Because <laughs> do you know how long the list is? Do you know, I know how I long know. the list is? I know, but this is shit so that up I have your to alley. Watch is. It's jazz, man. It's Ray, so I know. up your alley. List, you got to watch it. It is so good. About, it's, and I agree. It's I got to ask you, Ray, that about, yeah. about the list right now, the way are you just like every time you have a movie, you add it, or is it alphabetical, or do you have an order of what you want to watch the most to least right now? Like, what is the preference of like how you're going to get through this list? <laughs> there, there, there is no order, it's so okay. unwieldy and so big. You know what it is? Okay, quite honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm being 100% with you. I've gotten into this point where it's like, okay, if I'm really going to like dive into the content creation stuff, I'm just going to use this as, as a motivator. For me to, I, this is the only reason I'm watching Moon Knight Weekly because I'm doing a Patreon show for it on my own Patreon that I don't even know how many of my patrons are listening to it. But it's allowing me, it's like, okay, I have to watch it because I have to record this show. So it's, so that's part of like, and, and I did it with Book of Boba Fett. Honestly, it was the same thing with that. That's why I was watching that weekly. I'm probably going to do the same thing with Obi Wan. And so, like, it's, it's now becoming like, I'm trying to like, it's, it's starting to like, be my organization like in terms of like how i'm gonna get through all of it but it, the problem travis is that it's movies and television yes and it keeps adding like there's oh, yeah. no there's no slowdown like there's, Every no, week, there's another dude, amazing you, you, show I you mean, have to watch right yeah but i'm just saying like ray i mean because the fact that you like jazz i mean it's just it's just a movie that you need to bump up as it's so well, it, good yeah, well, and, and even, like, again, even in the case of Turning Red, the only reason I watched it was literally because of his controversy. Yeah, I know, me too. I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I was, it was going to end up being on the list at first, and I, I was going to watch The Adam Project. But then after all that happened, it was like, okay, no, I'm watching, because it came out the same weekend. 
So it's like, all right, I'll watch this. And so that's why I ended up watching it so that I could talk about it and have a frame of reference about it and record some stuff. About yeah. It. But and yeah. I think we all kind of agreed that it was like, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of saw his point. I mean, yeah. Did he go too rough with the Jesus Christ, you know, like the whole, like, at least, off, you know, at least at he didn't do it. Like we enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the final act a lot in that movie, but the first two acts, maybe not so much, you know? I mean, at least he didn't do what the dude earlier today did you see that yeah. whole thing with the whole no. turning turning red and 911 thing yeah oh <laughs> shit i heard something about that but i i didn't research on it what, a, what was a, that about a, a youtuber criticizing the movie because there's no mention it takes place in 2002 and there's no mention of 911 oh my like, god at all talking about how people were paranoid worldwide and how come there was no mention of it whatsoever in the movie that's what that like, was about yeah, oh my god get it's out a of movie here about a panda girl who wants to see her favorite concert that's not with a favorite boy band it, 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 it's yeah. not supposed it, it, to be devastating about a oh my it, it, god a, a, a chinese canadian girl going through puberty and you want her to freak out about 9-11. Okay. Which is not even in her country, by the way. It was no, but 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 that was part but that was part of his argument was it was oh. worldwide. The world was paranoid. Well, of course it was, but why why would we want that in a Pixar movie? What the fuck? Like, why would you want that in a Pixar movie? Jesus Christ. Well, it, well, it, and even <sighs> it, it's even not accurate because I and I remember like sports got canceled for a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did it happen? I remember but that. they all came back. Football resumed. You know, they did. They 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 shut off the, the no fly zones. They couldn't have like planes fly over yeah. stadiums for a while. But like sports resumed. I remember that they even that was the thing. Like that November, all four major sports were happening in the same day, and that had never happened before because like the world's well, because everything had gotten delayed. But yeah, but, like I, life resumed. People yeah, went on. And I remember, I business. remember like a week or so later, Saturday Night Live. Like, remember, they, they they had that opening where they were like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, people with everything. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was Lauren Michaels, like, can we be funny? You know, like he yeah. was asking, I think, Giuliani at the time because he was like, can we be funny? He was like, yeah, we're good. You know, right. let's get back to normal. Yeah, that was a devastating, like, world, like a world event, especially a country event. But it's like, let's get back to the norm. And they were like, can we be funny? You know, it's like, right. yeah, of course you can. You know, that was that whole thing when it came to Saturday Night Live during that, that, that time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Why Sean would you want to put, put that in a Pixar movie? I so don't... At, least, at least Sean didn't put that in his review. <laughs> no. That, Cause that's, that's way, that's a couple bridges too far, but no, it's, it's just, you know, when you read it, like, like I said, because you don't have the context of the guy, like in front of you, like, you know, you can't see on his face, like what he's saying when he's writing the review. Right. So, so you make the assumption, Oh, well he's this or he's that. And it's like, okay, there's two reasons why somebody would write a review that way. Either one, they just literally are speaking personally and, and don't necessarily, it's almost like, I mean, not ignorance in the sense of st stupidity, but ignorance in the sense of he doesn't realize what he's doing, which he probably didn't, you know, yeah. at the time. And then there's the people that do it intentionally. And unfortunately, the inclination, because, you know, we love extremes, is to immediately assume that they did it intentionally. Oh, he was intentionally being racist. Oh, he was intentionally being this. And it's like, no, we can't assume that unless we ask him about it and he doubles down. If we ask him about it and he doesn't double down, well, then you can't assume that he was whatever. You need the further context. And so many people just wish to 
toss aside context altogether and be like, whatever, it's the way that I, it's the way that I saw it originally. Yeah. It was it's also good it that even today he came and, uh, you know, admitted that it, it was probably wrongly worded and he admitted that he didn't need to do that today. Like in the heat of the moment, maybe for the, you know, for cinema blend, whatever, he might have, you know, faked it or whatever. But even today, he didn't need to do that, but he admitted that, you know, it was wrong and it happened. So there's nothing anyone can do about it now. It just has to fade exactly. away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, and then that's why I was like, it was like when I, when I was thinking about the conversation, how it was going to go, I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to ask about the backlash about that. And then I'm going to lead into the Ray Fisher stuff because obviously, and I, you know, and I, and I'm just a, I'm just a person who wants to know, like, what's your side? That's all I wanted to know. It's like, I want to know your side because as sure, I hear things in the, in the, the, the behind the scenes, but I didn't hear much about that. I heard maybe a little bit. It was like, well, okay, maybe there's certain things. And then I was like, all right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, people, well, you know, especially the fandom will say like, oh, yeah, but he cashed in on his release, uh, release the Snyder Cut book. And I and I went, OK, but was anybody else going to write that? Who was you going to write that, Mr. 13 followers? Are, are you going to write that, too? I mean, like, who's going to write the book? I mean, like the fact that he wrote the book and like if you read the book, it's very well. I mean, he reached out to so many people, everybody through the fandom at the time who was like a part of this whole thing. And he has, you know, so many, he, he did his due diligence. That's why I'm like, I will always praise that release of Snyder Cup book. And I think, you know, when, when it comes to his new book, I'm like, I'm sure it's going to be something great too. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when you, when you see stuff like what uh, Fisher posted, you kind of go like, okay, well, maybe there was some shady stuff because he does work for a website. So I wanted to get his take on that whole thing. And he gave that take and I'm perfectly okay, cool. There it is. Now we can all process his side of the whole thing. And maybe we can get another side from Ray at one point. I don't know. You know, and I didn't want to ask him that, but he kind of made me ask that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was talking to him uh, based on, you know, what was, being said before and all that but he just what do you want to ask i was like oh shit i didn't have a question <laughs> but sure <laughs> I, yeah, I, I i yeah i i wasn't like he he said that at the end but it was like no nah, i'm not gonna ask any questions you <laughs> you said more than enough it's all good we, we don't need because because that's the other thing it's like yeah you know, when people are like you know they want you to like grill them at the beginning it's like that's not why we're fucking doing this. No, we don't it's want not. to have like like when when arguments and shit. Ha I think people on some level, and I I know people on on a number of levels think that I get on Twitter with the purpose of arguing. Like I want to like I want to argue with people. It's like no, I really just want to share my opinion, and see who agrees or disagrees, and if you agree great if you disagree well let's have a civil conversation <laughs> on what we disagree about you know like kevin hart having a successful career <laughs> oh i saw that travis i saw that and it, and it took me it took me every fiber to not respond and back uh -oh. you up because uh -oh. I, I was totally gonna back you up on that but i said nope i'm staying out i'm leaving it alone travis oh, is yeah. fine on this 
<laughs> no, I, I've had that revolving door conversation with him. And Clay's, he's on my podcast network. You know, I, I love the guy, but it's one of these things that he extremely dislikes Kevin Hart. But the thing is, even if you dislike an actor, a singer, a comedian, there there is factual evidence to prove whether someone's a success or not a success. And that's what it was of like, and I'm not even the biggest Kevin Hart fan, but he's he's done lots of great like films, like box office wise. He sells out shows. The guy's a star, you know, like he's, he's not going anywhere, but yeah. And I, I try to stay out of it. If people, if they follow me on Twitter, if you ever see me drop the Adam Sandler uncut jams, I disagree gift. That's, I want to keep going, but I step away. And that one, not so much. Cause I know, okay, me and him are friends. I know we're kind of having some fun right here, but with most people, if it's someone, especially that I'm not following, I usually don't even respond. I try to go away. Cause like, ah, eh, this might not be worth it, but Ray, I, you're always fighting the good fight. So I appreciate it. And I'm with you on, on that perspective because as, as anyone will tell you, as Brent is, I'm sure would tell you, few things on this earth make my skin crawl more than when someone tells me that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the gold standard. I hate that <laughs> and I hate the inflated perspective that people have of that franchise. <laughs> By the same token, I can't call it unsuccessful. No, I, can't, can't. I can't, I can't call it a, a, a failure? No, most certainly not. It has been a massive, rousing success for 14 years plus and continues to be such, regardless of how divided people's takes on Moon Knight are, because um, I guess there are divided takes. <laughs> I like that. Moon Knight. I like the show. I lived through three yeah. episodes. I really dig the show. How's everybody like, feeling about that, Casey? I really like like the first episode was good. I know everybody was raving about the first episode, but I liked it a lot, but I didn't like it as much as the second episode. The second one was just, you know, we had Moon Knight action. We had two or three co costumes and uh, it was, it was really good. Oscar Isaac was also amazing in that. So, and I, there was, you know, going to Egypt, there was Arabic music playing and all that. So yeah, I, I just love it. So yeah. it was so uh, amazing to see it's, I've been saying this for a while also that, you know, phase four is also something um, kind of experimental from Kevin mm -hmm. Feige, which I did not expect. And, it's the um, most experimental phase out of all the phases. Yeah. There's no question about it. It's good that, you know, after the saga is over, you're trying, you know, new stuff and doing that. I'm someone who likes Eternals a lot. I, I loved that movie. Uh, so I'm kind of sad that, you know, the sequel might not happen, but that was also another experiment. And, I applaud Feige for doing that, you know, because that's one thing that they get criticized for a lot, that they do, they do the same thing again and again. And while there's some uh, truth to that, it's not necessarily true because you have like movies like Winter Soldier and then you have, you know, Ragnarok. So there, there are different movies, but it's still, you know, the characters kind of feel the same. But now in Phase 4, you have different Spider-Man, you have Moon Knight, you have Wanda, who is, I don't know, you know, going to be the villain i guess in the next movie so that's all funny i saw a funny tweet where like like uh somebody posted like a gif of like i don't know what it was but it was like this is dr strange when he saw uh moon knight and uh uh con what is it what is his name Conchu. Conchu. like fucking with this guy he was like that the only like, <laughs> that's the only thing i was uh, i was kind of i wanted to actually ask you know maybe travis could answer this what was happening in that scene, and does that does that not affect you know everyone else? Because yeah, as the scene started, I that too. Yeah, I, I was seeing I was seeing that you know only Oscar Isaac and you know his girlfriend was there, so maybe it could be happening in his head, you know. 
but they showed other people yeah, there. Well, so yeah, yeah, other other people saw the sky move. Do you think Doctor Strange saw that? Yeah, but he might be getting it, fucked up by Wanda right now, so he might have time. Like, <laughs> like, well, he I, might not have time. He might be like, "Oh, the sky's moving," but I gotta fight. While he's doing shit, he's like, "Wow, what? The, why, why the fuck yeah. the sky looks like a fucking?" Am I doing that? Right Is she doing that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to, to piggyback off of that, I had this thought popped into my head during the temple scene. Cause I, cause quite honestly, I, I love the last episode. Like so many oh, people dude, were like, the last episode so, was really. Good. So many people were like that. That this third episode was meh, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. What I really like this last episode. What are you watching? But but like the temple scene, it, it 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 hit me. I was like, okay, so in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have the Norse gods, right? We've got Thor and everybody from and Loki and Odin and everybody from Asgard, and now we've got the Egyptian gods, and we already kind of. Saw a little bit of it with a because because the goddess best is in Black Panther and they, there's a whole thing there with the afterlife right and now we're seeing you know the actual representations of the Egyptian gods like 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 Horus and Isis and Khonsu and all that and it's like this is a very polytheistic world where like all the gods that could possibly exist are real in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and we've seen them. We've seen three movies of Norse gods and more if you count Avengers in action. And now we're seeing Egyptian gods in action. That would scare the shit out of me. Every god? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but the good thing, most of these gods are like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and let stuff happen. We're not really going to get involved, you know? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's whatnot, something. Like, we got our little avatars. We got our little avatars. Yeah. You right. know, like, I just want to watch my sports. I don't care about these. <laughs> our, 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 our bodies, our, our human bodies that we possess when we feel like it so that we can talk to each other in exactly, temples. Yeah. And, and, and Dude, like, I love that. I love oh, that. Well, but that was like the part of the, the that's the part of uh, what's going on with Mark. That's like my favorite part is like, because like the, the anguish, I mean, the, the fact that it's very clear that the reason he's even an avatar is because of how fucking damaged he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he is a mess. And you see every time Kansu took him over it, it was painful, like not necessarily physically painful because everybody else is fine, but he, he's not handling it well at all. He is. He, 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 when I ask him, it's like, are you well? And he's, are you unwell? I am. And he's just very shakily. I am unwell. It's like, son of a bitch. I, I buy this. He is a wreck, yeah. and just di- just delving into that further. He's doing amazing. That that part of the whole story is what is really engaging is the fact the uh, the personalities and, and I love the the fact that the last episode was a very much Mark episode and Stephen was you know he was in the reflection and and they needed him because they needed like oh yeah we have these artifacts. Steven knows all about this shit. Let him in. And, and Mark was like, no, no. You know, kind of like, I like it. No. And then, and it's funny too, because anytime like uh, each of them do, you know, summon the suit, it's a different suit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's when Steven does it, it's, hey, it's Mr. Knight. I'm the suit. I got like almost like a uh, Deadpool kind of thing. I have a suit and hey look at me and then you know when it's mark when it's mark it's the actual moon knight suit. i see you shaking your head travis i know why you're shaking your head <laughs> I, I, I go, for, go it. for it talk about yeah. it yeah <laughs> yeah so like I, I will say like casey is right as far as them being experimental it's great because i do think it's after Endgame, which you got one of the biggest movies in the world you can kind of do that right like let's say they put out these 
a few of these and they miss, they could afford a few misses before people be like, what's wrong with Marvel? And of course, nowadays it's a meme when it's like this new MCU project is the newest. Like, it's not like anything <laughs> the MCU you've ever seen before. Right. Like we see that a lot. But to go back to WandaVision, to me, that was one that fit that bill. That was one yep. where when WandaVision came out, this was not like anything you'd seen in the MCU. It was completely yeah. radically different. Where to the yep. fact that I was surprised that Foggy and team did this, you know? So with Moon Knight, the way I say it is I think it's a very good to great show. I just always personally admit that I have a lot of baggage because I was a big comic reader of him. And the stuff like Mr. Knight, I very much prefer in the comic books where Mr. Knight is, he's a whole different personality. He's not Steven yeah. with a suit. He's a whole separate person. He's very he's a detective but he's very the best way i describe him is kind of like a nicer hannibal lecter he has that demeanor of he's scary <laughs> but he's very oh. friendly at the same point like but that. as okay. you can I see like in the show he's not like that at all the same way stephen grant he's a billionaire you know movie producer where this guy you know he's oh okay, he's so a it, little so, yeah, so this show is worker. even further a departure from the comics than i than i might have thought it was <laughs> oh it ha oh yeah the same thing the love interest has changed the same way as mark the way when he gets the suit and it's moon knight moon knight is also a different personality it's not mark changing into moon knight it's they're separate people so that's where it's for me there's things that i've wanted to see for years when i was a little kid i'm a huge batman fan so of course the whole like oh he's the white batman maybe that's why i did like him because i saw him in a video game and like look at the cape and look at that but then once i started reading like oh there's all these different personalities it's very dark and twisty and very hannibal fight clubbish and that's why i think i preferred the first two episodes more because like in episode three for me we're getting more of that grandiose like potential world ending stuff and for me yeah. that's where i wasn't the biggest fan of eternals but for me one of my biggest problems was i didn't like that almost directly after endgame we have a planet ending scenario again and i think you should try to save those for those big team ups because if the world becomes at stake every movie you lose those stakes very quickly and that's my worry with this show i i liked it when it was just mark trying to figure out okay what's going on with me this personality there's probably jake lockley coming in but now it feels like we're gonna have lots of fighting yeah, for you know yeah, yeah, we're gonna have lots of fighting. <laughs> he for he did show up already, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of people uh, are suspecting that he showed up already. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. So I do, I, but I can separate and say the show is really there's good. A, there's a moment to... where isn't there a moment where Marcos, well, who did it or something like that? Yes. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was, that, kills so the guy. The, yeah, so, him, so, him and so, Stephen yeah. both didn't have anything to do with it. So supposedly. that's another. So that's another personality. Yeah, he's a taxi driver. Yeah, three personalities. Yeah. Yeah. In the <laughs> oh, really? comics, he acts as a way like he's on the street level. So he kind of hears people's like idea. Like if he hears something, they don't know Moon Knight's hearing it because, oh, it's just some cabbie hearing it, you know? And okay. it kind of morphed because in the when Moon Knight started, people don't notice when he got his costume, he was a mercenary named Mark Spector. Some guy gave him this costume and said, oh, put this on to hide your identity. There's no Egyptian origin, this and that. Later on, it, it got really turned into all this and the character kind of got rebooted. So that's why at the end of the day, I can look at this and go, okay, this is just another adaption of that character. So I'm not mad. I just like a tad disappointed of there's elements I really like from the comic books that have kind of been put away. And I get we do that in the MCU. I think the other thing that disappoints me too is that it seems like it's just going to be a mini series and... I, I just don't want Moon Knight just to be Hulk, a team-up guy. You know, I think there's lots of potential. But at the same point, 
I love Moon Knight, and there's so many people now that are like, oh, I want to read Moon Knight. I want to look into it. So that's a great thing, too, because when you Always asked me great. 10 years yeah. ago, will I see a live-action Moon Knight? I probably said probably not, you know, or not not while yeah, I'm yeah. alive. Who would have saw that? Yeah, well, no. well, well is it, it's interesting, Travis, because, like, I, I said, like, going into this, like, I was – read no i've not read a single moon knight comic mm. no most that i know about him is literally what you just said in the last five minutes so yeah but like after watching the first episode and enjoying what they did i was like okay i just want to continue going through this show like none the wiser like i don't want to make those comparisons i want to figure that i want to see this play out myself mm. because i enjoy what they're doing and I feel like there are some fans that like cringe when they hear somebody like me say that. Cause they're like, well, no, the character was this and the character was that. And you know, there's so much there doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, as I think many of us have said, you know, it, it, this isn't just a Marvel thing, Travis, like for, for any of these properties, Marvel, DC, whatever it is, all of these shows and all of these movies are Elseworlds. Yeah. All of them. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, Oh, and yeah. there is, you know, there, there's going to be tie-ins and there's going to be like connections. There's going to be Easter eggs, but you shouldn't treat it as though it's like, oh, de devout, like from yes. the source material. Well, it is a different well, thing because it's got to it's appeal. inspired by. Exactly. I mean, that, exactly. that that even goes back to like the whole meme of like when Dr. Strange saw the sky move. It's like, well, this could be an Elseworlds thing. It's like, did Dr. Strange really see and Wong really see go like, what the fuck's going on with the sky? I don't know. Some assholes like doing some shit. You know, it's like. But forget about forget about seeing the sky. What what's actually happening in that scene? Is the Earth moving that fast? And I know. I was kind of wondering about that too. I'm like, I, I'm like, what? Are, how do they do that? It was a great around. scene. It was a great yeah. scene because obviously, yeah. you know, obviously, like when it when when it came to uh, when it came to Kanchu, like trying to like he's all because the gods even said if you if you mess with this guy again, mm -hmm. we're gonna imprison your ass. And then mm -hmm. he was like, and then when it came to the scene, he was like, fuck it, we're going to do this. And then, you know, and then he's like, all right, we're going to fucking like get this consolation and whatever the fuck. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, anybody who hasn't seen the episode. Yeah, he gets imprisoned into a little, you know, statue when it's like, yeah. So awesome they weren't fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm so intrigued by it because I love the fact that. That you know, when we we saw the the gods' avatars that were like, you know, oh, this is this is what's happening. This is the whole concept, basically, of this whole story is the fact that we have these gods, and then they use. It's almost like a video game. It's like The Sims, yeah. almost like, hey, we're using yeah. these people to like talk for us and everything like that. And I, and I, and I just kind of love that because it's creepy as shit. First off. And I'm like, I'm just liking how dark Marvel is kind of going right now when it comes to this. You know, hey, there's a lot of blood in this fucking series. Uh, hey, how about yeah. oh, they'll edit it out in a couple months. Don't I know, yeah, oh, yeah, like Captain, no, like Falcon no, and Winter Soldier. No, no, they'll, they'll edit it. They'll edit it and then claim it was a software issue, Soft, oh, software problem. But, oh, no. Yes, like Ray was saying though, like the good thing with me and Moon Knight, all my comics are still here you know all those right. adaptions i really love are still there and that's a good thing hopefully with the mcu these characters do carry on and that something might happen you may see something adapted like i want to or something like that but at the end of the day i guess the only thing that bums me a bit more is because now with dc i kind of know oh if i don't like this joke or batman or superman whatever it may be probably in five to seven years it's gonna be rebooted 
MCU, on the other hand, reboot that may happen one day, but I think we're still a little off from that. So it's not like, oh, yeah. oh you know, you know, in five years, years I'll get another Moon Knight. It's like, no, I'll probably have Oscar Isaac <laughs> till my kids are going to college. Well, you know, well, it, and and that goes into that goes into part of the legacy thing too, Travis, because Marvel is still like, it's almost like Marvel is still building their legacy because when mm. you really think about all their characters, the ones with the longest legacy. Only one of them has just recently, within the last five years, been put into the franchise. The yeah. other characters that have the longer legacy in live action, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, aren't there yet. So, and, and they're probably, you know, probably still a good couple of years away, you know, because they oh, want to yeah. try and distance them from the legacy that Fox built them in over 20 years, which I really love and miss. I love, I love those Fox yeah. X-Men movies. Uh, and, you know, I, I think... That's also why they're going to do Fantastic Four first, because I think all I think a lot of us are like, okay, could we're waiting for a good one, you know, subjectively speaking, we're waiting for a yeah. good one. But like, but because of that, these other characters are still so new, right? Like the Avengers are like only if we're talking about in the grand scheme of perception, people have only been Iron Man fans since two thousand eight. They've only been Captain America, Hulk, and Thor fans since you know, 2011 or whatever, whenever they first showed up on the scene. Right. Past and, decade, yeah. and, and, and now, and, and so you, you have that, right. But then you add in black widow, you add in Hawkeye, you add in Ant-Man, you add in like Dr. Strange and everybody else. This is all so brand new to the point where, yeah, it's, we're, they're not at the point where they, there's so much of a lore that they can start having multiple versions of these characters. Mm -hmm. Conversely with DC, how many Batmans are we on now? How many Supermans have we had? Right. And we're not just talking about on the big screen. We're talking about on the small screen as well, right? Like there's mm -hmm. decades of just passing the torch. How many Jokers have we had? How many Riddlers? How many? So many different versions of these characters for generations. That's why, you know, if one doesn't work, okay, reboot. They, they're used to doing that. Marvel is not used to doing that yet, and they don't need to for a long time. That only happened with Spider-Man. Well, and even in the case of Spider-Man, like that was just so that they could integrate him into their world. They, they didn't have any call. They didn't have any, you know, no connection at first to Toby or Andrew. Like initially, like there's mm -hmm. they're they're connected to it now, but only through yeah. the their version. So yeah. it's yeah, it's just a. I and, and think he's the exception. Yeah, I also think that in this new experimental phase, that Feige is not being that tight with his continuity stuff as he used to be because you have stuff like you know peter parker's can come in and everyone can forget it but no other movie can you know needs to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and the eternals, the eternals are doing thing in the sky now. exactly yeah yeah and the moon knight thing to, to be fair casey he didn't always get the continuity perfect no yeah because no, it's yeah. kind of tight like it was, it wasn't like we can do a huge thing, but we'll never acknowledge that. That never happened before. Well, look at if you look at the buildup from Iron Man to Avengers, that was a very loose continuity, and there's end credit scenes that yes. don't even make sense. You got the Iron Man or sorry, the Hulk end credit scene. It doesn't. Iron make Man's sense. talking about right. putting together a team, right? But yeah. the next movie, Nick Fury's like, "You're not fucking cut out for this. Like, you're not." On yeah, yeah. Like, right. yeah. Well, and also yeah. remember too, like there was like the deleted Hulk scene where like he like. 
goes to kill himself yes. and before he blows his brains out he turns in the hulk and then he breaks the ice and there was literally captain america yeah. in mm-hmm. the ice right that, yeah. that 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 turned into a line that mark yeah. ruffalo spoke in avengers so mm-hmm. i i think i think when we get closer to another like avengers 5 or the next big team over i think that's when foggy's like okay we need to crack down and make this a bit more tight because these are leading like how do you make captain marvel a billion dollar movie well you got to make it really in line with what we have going on right now but i don't foresee a huge crossover uh what are we in 2020 like at least to like 2025 or something like that because these projects they're doing well on disney plus and film there's no rush and it makes when we do get avengers 5 it makes it that much bigger the longer you wait it it builds that mystique of like oh maybe they're not gonna do avengers and when they announce it's like oh shit look at this so i think he will tighten down at some point but right now like casey's saying there's not too much he doesn't need to like there's tons of stuff that you can just throw by the wayside for now And, and make no mistake the biggest thing that is influencing both Marvel and DC right now is the streaming age. And, oh, and yes. you, you like for all of the, I know the theatrical peers hate this, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately this isn't subjective. Their focus is streaming. We oh, are yeah. going to see. Dazlov has said that when it comes to. Yeah. Absolutely. He's made that abundantly clear. And there was the second article that nobody read with the, the interview where he was talking to Oprah Winfrey the one that I definitely oh, yeah. read, I read, and, that. I read it, yeah. and I'm totally going to talk about it on my show tomorrow, where <laughs> she asked him if the future was like one big streamer, and he aff- aff- was responded affirmatively. It's like, okay, no, well, that, that's his it, focus. It shows. It shows. Like, remember when they like had the initial Warner uh, Warner Brothers Discovery logo, and it was all like, <laughs> oh, this looks like like we're in fucking you know what 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 are we like Stepford Wives, and we're in this yeah, crazy simulation right. Eureka. Anybody anybody who has not watched Eureka, please watch that show. It's great. Anyways, it's it's an old show from the early 2000s. Sci-fi channel. It's great. Uh, that's what it reminded me of. But then when they changed the logo to make it look like HBO Max, I was like, yeah, that shows you right there that they are focusing on streaming more than anything else. Uh, and so, it's absolutely yeah. the same with Disney, which is why, I mean, okay, I, I know everybody's excited because we got four MCU movies last year, but that was not their plan. They did not want to release four movies in six mm-hmm. months like that. They did want to release four shows. That yeah, was yeah. part of the plan. And now we've got, you know, Moon Knight is the first of at least three shows this year, right, in concert with the movies. But we're everyone's focusing on this. Everyone is all about the apps. We're going to see more of a dedicated effort and energy into the Disney Plus stuff, into the HBO Max stuff, than we have seen before with respect to the like the theatrical stuff. So yeah, that that is absolutely driving this, and and most certainly we'll see more like expansions of that before, like you said, what you said, twenty twenty five before we see like the next big crossover. Yeah, I think so. Like at least minimum, I'd say. Yeah, we will have multiple seasons of a particular MCU show before we get to that. We will, no question about it. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up this stream, so did we all see the Keaton Bat? man the the back suit did we I all did, see but that? warner brothers copyrighted strike my eyes so i i don't remember <laughs> it anymore. But, yeah I, I i don't know like i mean that's that's one of those pictures it's like yeah and post that at your own risk man yeah. i i i don't oh that's why i said that i said that too <laughs> i was like hey i know this leaked out you guys post don't don't post it because you're probably gonna get 
poll. I don't know if people did get polled, but yeah, it did leak out. And, uh, you know, it's like, whoa, holy shit. You know, and I, you know, I mean, yeah, it's out there. And to be honest, if people are complaining about it, the, the way I look at it is like, did you not see how the previous two back costumes? What, what like? are the complaints? Have you guys, have yeah. you guys heard complaints? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That it looks like cosplay. That it looks like from Party City or whatever the fuck. It, you know, watch the, the norm- fucking Burton movies again. I know. I know. What the it, hell? It, it very <laughs> much looks like a third version of a Michael Keaton Batman. If, if, if he had done yeah. Batman Forever, that's the one he would have wore. Yeah. Like with a black Something belt. Like Something and, and, like and, that. I mean, the symbol is from Returns and not from the original. The boots are the same. I know. I wish the it was. cowl's the same. Like, what yeah. the? F- How do you? Okay. My my favorite thing about the photo is though, like, because it's clearly a leaked photo of just him taking a, like a picture, and like, he just has like a little smirk, and it just kind of yes, kinda, I like, love the smirk. <laughs> I love like, it though. I'm Batman. <laughs> like, it's a funny thing, but no, I like. I think the only thing that I'm not negative on, but it's just like a matter of life. It's just because he's older. He's a bit smaller now. So when I saw it, I was like. It looks a little smaller than I'm used to because I just thought Keaton's suit was just so wide and big. But at the same time, not that I go by set photos. When I saw set photos of it, it looked great. So I, I'm just expecting it to look good. I, I want to see it H, like HD, yeah. moving around, everything. But I'm expecting it to to, to look fine. you know. And I, I'm happy yeah. Michael Keaton hopefully will be in the suit. Quite like Obviously, he's in the suit in Batgirl. He's in the suit in Flash. So I really can't complain because that's something I've been obviously it's not Batman Beyond, but I think I'm like everybody where I was just pitching like, man, they should do Keaton and Batman Beyond like any day now. And this isn't that, but just Keaton coming back. Oh, they, like it's a dream come true. So the suit, yeah, sure, looks good. It looks well, maybe a little more like darker black, I'd say too. That's the only thing where it looks very vivid, but that could also just be whatever photo they're like camera they're using that moment, the lighting, like well, and he was against well, like the, the white background belt. too. Like so yeah. yeah, it's yeah. pure white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's like, of course he well, stands out. Yeah. And like honestly, like my first, like I you know because I follow the the Batgirl news, the Batgirl film news account, and they they they. Because it was an open set, they were posting everything all the yeah. fucking live long day from Glasgow. So like some of it, I was like, okay, I'm not watching this. I don't want to watch this video. I don't want to know. Mm. But like there was, uh, there's a scene like from those from their pictures of, and I don't think it's Keaton. I think it's a stunt guy in the Keaton suit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. on set there. And so like my first thought seeing this one was like, all right, it matches, lines up. Like there's, I don't see any massive difference. So okay cool but yeah i i don't know what people were expecting because if we've all seen 89 and returns what is so different about that i mean i mean like like you were saying travis like it does look a little big on him but if you go back to 89 the cowl looks big on him in that movie too yeah yeah. Yeah, that's the thing it's like it's like we always we always talk about like the fact that can he turn his head and i'm like Maybe he can a little bit because there are some grooves. When you look at it closely, there are some grooves in there. I'm like, I'm wondering if he can at least do this. I would hope <laughs> they'd update it on some level in 30 years. I would. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, sanity, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I don't know, uh, it, it, but it was just kind of like surprising when, like, oh shit, that came out because you know behind the scenes stuff maybe like that was like passed around, but. I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, it's that like, past. Yeah. Like, like you guys have talked about before, then Sean, you were, Sean and Dave were talking about earlier. That is going to be the unfortunate thing that with the big flash delay is 
uh, I think a lot of stuff will accidentally just come out. Like, like I am like very that concerned comic, about that. Yeah, like obviously that comic book got delayed, but easily someone could get something like that and post a pic. Like that, that's what's going to be tough. So I think this will it it will get quite a bit spoiled. Good thing is with the internet is you might think people might be making up bullshit, so you might see a spoiler and you go, oh, that might not be real. So that's why I'd say every spoiler you see, if you don't want to be spoiled, just say it's not real yourself and move forward. But that that is a shitty thing, especially just because it's June. It's yeah. it's over a year. It's yeah, so right? far. Over a year. I, I, so I, far. I don't want. I'm I'm really like I'm terrified that we're gonna get to like No Way Home levels mm-hmm. with these spoilers. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. It's gonna. Guy. It's gonna. Get to that I, I do not want campaign or somebody to like tweet the watermarked image of yeah. whatever that was so it, ridiculous like, I, I, I i don't want that i really and i'm not saying he'll do that i'm just saying i don't want that to happen yeah, I don't want to, get to, it, yeah. to that point and so but it's it's unfortunately because of the delay yeah it's and and but you're right though the other end of that travis is yeah the possibility for that's going to ramp up but so is so are the lies the lies, mm-hmm. the lies have already ramped up, truthfully. Like, all manner of spin. This is getting erased, and that's being changed. No, it's this. No, it's that. And it's like, I am not ready for another fucking year of this. We could change a lot as well. Oh, so, God, yes. What, from, a, from a test screening? Absolutely. Yes. There's that's so what much. Makes it, that's what makes it tough, but, though, where we just had the Batman, right? And how did Barry Keon's casting get leaked? From a test screening. So that was the case. Like, that's how everyone traced it back was oh he's in there and everybody started dropping like everyone thinks they drop like a joker card or like a smile and like oh well i'm not really giving away who barry's playing it's like yeah you are it's a batman movie and it's a fucking clown smile like i know what you're inferring so that is the problem where okay we just had a batman or a dc movie recently where a huge casting that was the point of origin to the point where his brother was like oh they finally announced he's playing the joker yeah. that's great like and that's what could happen though some mm-hmm. script could happen like that too yep. with the flash and a lot could change but at the same point that what that's what is tough with these test screens, especially now being so far away. But I, like I said, hope hopefully we got other DC stuff will kind of like overshadow it, and we'll just like talk not spoilers, but just mean like like promotion and talk. But you know, like you know, a Flash Lego might come out and show a character. You know, like anything can happen now in the next like year times. So yeah, so we just gotta we just gotta bury ourselves in Black Adam news and pretty and, much and, and, Shh, and, and pretty Shazam much. news and. Like I guess Wonder Super Twins Beth is gonna news. start. What Wonder Twins is gonna start? F- oh yeah, filming they, they because got they, the cast, they got the cast. The, they, the they, main of yeah. Wonder I got the yeah. guy, the guy from Riverdale, and yeah, somebody from eighteen eighty three. Like I'm like, yeah, like, right. I was like, I don't even know who these actors I, are. I have no opinion. I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't have an opinion okay. either. <laughs> but but show me a movie if it's good, fine. You know, it's like it's one of those things. But when it comes to the the Keaton Bat suit, I'm like, all right. That, you know, it's what I kind of, exp- I mean, I thought it might have been a little more uh, kingdom come, but at the same time, I'm like, is this suit supposed to be something where it's like more of a flashback? I don't know. There's going to be many surprises when it comes to all this. I, I, I think the general audience who remembers that movie will know who he is. And I, yeah, think, that, I think that's also part of it is like yeah. there there has to be some recognition where like oh, someone yeah. and you know, it's a cow it's a cow that really is that oh yeah no. definitely well it, the cow and i and would also say i'd also say the symbol too the symbol is also symbol yeah, that yellow that's cow. the thing yeah. and, you know what and i even said like when i when i saw them for the first time i was like you know what uh, you know i i love the fact that the uh the the the, the yellow oval 
symbol is back because obviously in the past you know decade we've just been getting a full-on fat darker. you know yeah they it's been, been yeah, well even longer even longer than a decade even with uh batman begins to uh to now it's all mm -hmm. been fucking bat on the you know fat you know a fatter bat no oval that's on the chest and i'm like you know what it's just kind of nice to get that yellow oval again mm -hmm. you know i don't know there's just something about her i'm like that's cool it's back I hope yeah, I live no. in a day where I get a live action Batman that is like the yellow, blue, and gray. I really want to see that. Yeah. I want to see a filmmaker make that work because it's just it's it, gonna happen. happen. I think yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah, and it'll happen. It you know, it'll yeah. and I'm, I'm looking happen. forward to that day. And, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, I think the I mean, Batfleck is kind of the precursor to that. Mm -hmm. yes. I didn't even think we'd get that look. Yeah, like the, the gray, like yeah. like a, a a cloth look like 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 that yes. type of word. It's not a rubber suit or something. Once we got that, I was like, oh okay, well no, you can go. We'll yeah. get the we'll get the gray and blue at some point. Yeah. We, I don't know when. When, but when we, we got that, when we got that first image of Batfleck, people just lost their shit. I mean, that was like years ago, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing it too, going, oh my god, right. like they did it. They 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 yeah. went with the whole fucking like, uh, oh my god, this is like. It's not the traditional Batman look. It is like a comic book, big time look. It's not a big rubber suit, when, right. you know, and everything like that. He's actually like, ripped. Like, yeah, like, like, like he. I'm like son of a bitch. What did he do? Like, yeah. how did he get that size? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I don't think we're gonna get that same reaction. Obviously, we didn't. <laughs> oh man. I love the fact that Scott just joined in right now. And it's like, we're about to wrap up. <laughs> oh man. I was getting to a point where we're wrapping up Scott, but I love the fact that you just joined in right now. How was fantastic beast? Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's the best of the three movies so far. <laughs> wow. That's good. I mean, I, I went, I mean, you can understand. I, I, I thought the first movie was, eh, I felt asleep during the second one oh, and this is actually the first one i actually saw in theaters because i did a double feature tonight because okay. i saw duel first and then i yeah. walked across the lobby and saw how Dumbledore. was duel that's what i want to know how, how was, was that? that movie okay it's an odd little duck of a movie i'm going <laughs> to sure. say that you oh, watch that trailer like holy <laughs> shit oh yeah um it is, a, it is a movie that i like mm -hmm. i found myself snickering or snorting several times but is definitely not going to be a movie for everyone because the director obviously gave the actors very specific direction like everyone mm -hmm. in this movie play the movie this way and i can see that not working mm. for everyone okay. you know i can but i, I picked up i picked up really quickly <clears throat> what they were going for so i just went with it for the rest of the movie and then like i said i just there were several times in the movie i would go huh, or go throughout the movie so 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 do you, do you envision somebody like do you envision like a, a massive like doctor who or nebula fan being disappointed because they went oh, to see that yeah I, I, <laughs> oh, oh absolutely yeah. this mm -hmm. is not this is by no means a quote crowd pleaser yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, it well, sucks I, because of a I, movie. I, I, this I, is a little odd duck of an indie film. Yeah. yeah. 
it's so weird because we're like I live, I live like a small town in Canada, and for some reason this past Wednesday Wednesday we got an early screening of uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. But I have no showtimes at all for Duel coming up like for the next like two or three weeks, like nothing at all. And it's just like I, it doesn't make sense sometimes. But uh, no, but I want to see it. Yeah. How was that movie? If you've liked Nick Cage, that's what I said in my two my non spoilers review. If you've liked Nick Cage at any point in your life, you have to see this movie. Yes. It, yeah. It, yes. It, it delivers right. on everything you there want. You it has like yes. the okay. Marvel, Star Wars, DC quality of like the Easter eggs and little shout outs to oh, just specific yes. moments of his career. Oh, it, yeah. It's look, fantastic. It, I, I think yeah. I saw the one. Where he has like the gold guns. Yes, yes. from Faith Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. oh, and it, there's yeah. a great setup to all that. There's multiple things, but honestly, like Nick Cage is great, but the person that steals is Pedro. Pedro is so fucking Dude, good. It. I love he, that. Yeah, oh. he's so charming. He's so level. His comedic timing made me want, like, I need to see him in more comedies constantly comedies, because. Yeah. But honestly, it I had a like no what I put it on like it's one of the hundredth greatest movies ever made no. But as far as like a fun experience, me and Taylor we were just laughing the whole time. Like I had a smile from pretty much the start to the end. It actually has like emotional beats that make you care and like maybe well up a little bit. So no, it's it, definitely see it when it comes out next week. It's it's worth the time. It's it's probably one of, one of the most enjoyable movies wait. I've seen. I can't wait. I love Nick Cage so much. I watched The Rock even recently, and I'm like. You know, just preparing because I was like, I'm probably going to see Ambulance soon, which I did see last night and I didn't do like a first reaction or anything. And I just tweeted out. I was like, uh, Michael Bay, Joy, Cam, that's all. That's all. (laughs) Because he. Yeah. I know. know. Anybody who's seen Ambulance, Ambulance, you go, oh, there's shots or you go, oh. Michael Bay has the new my, toy. My, like this is the movie. most minor. This is the most minor spoiler. There's just like a part where Jake Gyllenhaal's walking down a hallway, just the hallway with a group of people, and there's a drone that goes like over their head, under their feet, yeah. between their legs. And it's just like, and I like some of the shots. But I was like, yeah. man, you can tell he got a drone. He definitely got a drone, and he loves using this thing because hey. he's oh, going dude. crazy. There were so, so many unnecessary drones. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. shots, but I loved it. I was like, it was Michael so bay. bay. Yeah, it was so bay. And yeah. I, I've had this conversation. <laughs> I think, Dave, we were talking after Fanimated. Yeah. I was talking about how what I like about Ambulance is that while there's bay ridiculousness in it, it's more. And, and I'm gonna have to, I love that I'm on YouTube. I can do this. It's as real, you know, it's realistic for a Michael Bay movie. Mm. Like the only other more True. realistic. Michael Bay movie is probably my favorite of his, which is 13 hours. Like, okay, yeah. That's the one that's as grounded as Bay gets. I, 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 yeah, and after watching it, I'm like, okay, because it didn't have, like, it wasn't, you know, um, Undercover 6 or whatever the fuck. The six underground. underground. Six Underground. Six yeah, underground. Six Underground. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. And it does make you go, oh, yeah, I can see this really happening, even though, like, you know, everybody, you know, the three mains are, like, absolutely you know, beautiful. It's like, oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is this guy who robs banks, and obviously, and then you got, you know, uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You got yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's the struggling. He's adoptive brother ever. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. got, yeah, I know, right? And then he's got, he's got to like pay for his wife's fucking surgery, and yeah. it's like, but dude, you're like, you're like, just fucking look at you. And then all of a sudden, you get this EMT who's uh, what's her name, and she's like gorgeous, Isaac yeah. Gonzalez. It's just like, wow, everybody's just gorgeous, but. At the same time, it's like you. But you know what sucked about uh, my screening? The audio was fucked up in mm. my theater. Oh no! 
It was fucked up because no. the background, the background no. noise was so amplified. It it like fucked up the forefront Man. like audio. So there was times where I could we we couldn't even understand like what the fuck did they say? Like I don't know. And we even complained to the theater. We're like, hey, the audio is messed up. And then like some guy like, well, I walked in there and it sounded fine to me. And I'm like, do you not hear how <laughs> some guy this just is- wants to shift over? He's like, leave me the fuck right. alone, film junkie. Yeah, I yeah. just want to go home. I know. <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing is like what am i supposed to do i'm like yeah. like but like there was literally like when when it was no when there was no background music the audio sounded like you were sound that, that, that they were like in a fucking big huge stadium and it was echoed mm-hmm. it was echoed oh wow and yeah and then when there was background oh. sound effects or or music it just fucking overpowered anything that was in the forefront and we we're like what the fuck i mean yeah the theater fucked it up for I can get like I'm like I enjoyed the film, but at the same time I felt like I was fucking high. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! I'm like, I'm just hearing. Oh, no, I, I saw it. I saw it in IMAX. Yeah, see, and you know, because I did a, I did a double feature because I did a double feature last week where I saw Ambulance and then saw my second showing of Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, so I, I, this has been this great. I know so good, but then. T- Tonight, oh Travis, to your point though, not only is Duel only playing in one theater in my entire town, that one theater is only showing it one time a day. See, that's like, up. I hate that okay. shit. So it's so so literally the only time you can see that. this movie is at this one theater, and the only time they're showing it is at eight fifteen at night. You have to survive a duel. You have to survive a saw. So trap I went to tonight because it was all I had. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but survive a saw trap. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, sucks, yeah. if 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 there was a Thursday night viewing of Duel, I I would have went to that before, you know. But there was nothing. There was like nothing, and mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna see Fantastic Beasts because I haven't seen any of the other ones. So I was like, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a right. big I'm not big on the Fantastic Beasts. I'm not even big on Harry Potter. I've said that many times. I've seen like the first three. How I see the film junkie. Oh fuck you, Casey! Come on. <laughs> hey, there could be there could be a franchise hey, that I didn't I, like. I got you this weekend. And of course, I got to get through this weekend, and then next weekend, I'm having another weekend like last weekend when there's three movies coming yeah. out. So I've got a th- so next weekend I've got a Thursday night ticket, and I have another double feature on. Friday. You see, Travis, you see how you see how the fucking list gets to where it goes. It won't. I know. Stop. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It won't fucking stop. And you got to see the new stuff first, so you can be in the conversation. I do. Yes. No, or yes. lest I be like I am now, where it's like I can't. I have no. I can't share the joy. Of any of yeah, the shit yeah. you guys have seen, because <laughs> Thursday, because Thursday I'm going to go see Massive Talent. Yes, and then Friday Liam wants to go see the Bad Guys. Yep. So we're seeing a 6:45 of the Bad Guys. I'm going to take him home, tuck him in bed, go back to the theater to catch a 10:30 North. North. Take him to North. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see the. I no, see not the... taking my not, my freshly minted nine year old <laughs> to. Northman. Oh, come on, man. You got to break them into the realities of life. This, oh, if God. I ever get killed, son, this is what you have to <laughs> do for traumatize me. Them. <laughs> this no. month is packed, though, like pre-pandemic oh, yeah. packed. Oh my god! Dude. It's two or three movies a weekend. I'm like, dude, we went we went March where I just saw the Batman for four yeah. times. And then I got April where it's like 
I'm like having to like sell sell but a kidney to a, to like cast a spell to be able to see two or three movies in a single weekend. But then it's but funny, even like after Scott. Strange in May, it yeah. has that kind of drought again. That's where what I, not I, that I was telling Scott, like the last time we did Batman, I was like, you know what's great about the month of April is it's all original shit. There's no cape it shit. shit. It's True. not cape shit that is in April. And I, I, I love that. Before we get the big, crazy fucking multiverse movie, right. it's going to take you know, off of us, you know, no way home. I love that. I'm like, yeah. we get all this original shit. Well, I, and, right, because well, it, it's almost like you, for, Captain Gator Girl, for the Fab Dollar Super Check and said, "Fuck Harry Potter." Yeah. yeah I, well, I, I mean, that that could, that could be someone that you know is not happy about all the other controversy involved in the franchise, which I understand That's that. True. But the uh, but I I, bet. I I I checked out of that. Like, I mean. When we saw what was there. when we saw Deathly Hallows Part Two in theaters, it was like, all right, okay, cool. That that was the end of it for me. And then a couple of years later, like, oh, but there were these movies. It's like, for me, just mentally, it was like, no Daniel Radcliffe, no Emma Watson, no Rupert mm-hmm. Grint. I'm out. But that's like, the good thing, right? Because they're they're doing something different, and it's not like it's they're nostalgic. Yeah, but it's a, yeah. yeah, but it's a prequel. Like I, I don't. I, I'm not like I, against prequels. It's just that like. If you give me eight, especially if you give me eight movies, especially if you turned the last yeah. book into two movies and made that a thing that franchises just started doing, because they like totally played off of that. If you've given me eight movies over the span of more than a decade, and then you're like, okay, we're going to give you new ones, but they happened before the eight that you just saw. Uh, no, can it, like it's almost like how you know what it would be like, Casey. It would be like if you had the original Star Trek, the original series. And then instead of doing the next generation, you did Enterprise first, and then Next Generation. No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't work. But they're good I'll, movies. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what made this movie really work was Jude Law and Mads Milkinson. Yes, everything, every scene the two of them were yeah. in. Which That's thankfully thing. was a lot of the they're movie. Both fantastic actors. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. They also nailed the third act. I liked it a lot. The the whole plot was also pretty good, but the third act was just it gets you back into that Harry Potter lore. Oh. So that's probably one of the major reasons why a lot of people would consider this the best one out of the three. Um, to me, I'm still going back and forth between the first one and this one because I like the first one a lot. Uh, the second one is widely accepted that you know it's not the best one, <laughs> so it's between the third and the first one. I think. Uh, in my review also, I said that uh, the same thing. When I saw this movie, I was like, this is definitely going to be everyone's favorite one out of all the three because it has all those feelings of, you know, being inside a Harry Potter universe rather than being it's just about also, Fantastic Beasts. And Casey, I want to ask you this because I was talking to Amanda Reviews today because I was like, like if I was going to do a double feature and i've been seeing some very mixed reactions to secrets of dumbledore it's weird though it's like you can watch this movie and you could pretty much have not have seen the last movie oh, for the most part. and i was wondering about that i was wondering no 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 you Absolutely. i mean you almost, they don't even care you almost to explain not even he looks the different. first one mm. yeah. No, like, yeah, this it. movie really does feel like it kind of fills you in on what you need so you could really just walk in yeah. and watch 
this movie and be they good have to a go. character Ooh. with my favorite worst accent that i've seen in quite a while just give you the entire plot in about three sentences of the last two yes movies. they do i they I literally do that they, <laughs> the guy's like you don't know me yes. and she's like yeah i do and she says the whole two movies like i guess so and then they move on with the rest of the movie and you're like okay i i, I guess that's of, what we're doing now it kind of feels like yeah it kind of feels like they did a soft reboot with this one because they kind of brought the attention to Dumble, uh, Dumbledore rather than keeping yes. it on mute, you know, because those movies were cool, but I think a lot of people were just not caring. Like Ray said, who, who, why the fuck should we care about Newt? You know, especially when it's not this whole and, and, big and, battle and, thing. And, it's just and, about that beats. And to so. be clear, Casey, it's not against the cast because, I mean, I know the yeah, cast yeah. and I'm like, oh, no, this yeah. This is a great cast. Just I have no connection to them yeah. whatsoever. Whereas, That's where they, I think, brought back a lot of it with this one because it was, I think, um, maybe this is somewhat controversial to say, but I think this movie kind of elevates even Harry Potter's lore a bit because of Dumbledore. They did some really amazing things with him. And Scott, I totally understand that. Dumbledore definitely was. And even Mads Mikkelsen was, he was amazing. Did you, my question is, did you, did you feel the difference with, you know, Johnny Depp and him? Did you feel like, you know, did you feel that connection was lost or did you feel nothing at all? Uh, I guess I, I personally just blanked out. I didn't out. feel anything at all <laughs> simply because. <laughs> oh, you go ahead, Scott. You go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't feel anything at all because obviously the movie doesn't even like the movie. Like, oh, let's be honest, the first movie you saw him turn from Colin Farrell into Johnny Depp, like, like that. That was a you know, they made a point about that. This movie is like, no, he's just mad milk. Nope, yeah. you know, yeah. nope, nope, we're not even gonna worry about it. Just he, you know, he's Grindelwald. Let's just move on see, with our see, world. See, and see, in that part, like, it, it, at some point down the road with the list i'll watch them casey i will when i get to that point quite honestly that won't bother me because i was already you used might to it. not even go there because i don't think they will make more well okay well but these three i'll watch them at some point i'm a completionist yeah. when it comes to franchises and i do like the harry potter franchise my sister is a huge fan of them but at any rate when i get to that point it's probably not going to bother me because it's just going to remind me in, under different circumstances the difference between Richard Harris and Michael Gambon, the yeah. switchover that happened between Chamber of Secrets and uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. And it was like, it, and, and I remember like originally I was like, I don't know how, because they're, they're, they're two very, they very different. Richard Harris very is different nothing actors. like Michael Gambon at all. And I had seen enough of Michael Gambon's movies, including Layer Cake, to be like, Ooh, I don't know how yeah. this is going to work. I have no idea how this is going to work. Layer Cake was. Craig's Bond edition, I think. Yes. Anyway, oh, I, oh, yeah, without, yeah, question. Yeah. without question. But Michael and Michael Gambon is like sneaky, evil, and disgusting in that movie as well. well. So, hey, I think Jude Law brings his own so take to the first Michael Gambon was actually the original. Go ahead, Scott. We're, just <laughs> We're having. We got a delay at some. There's a little We're delay that's happening, that. but it it happens. Don't worry. Anyways, go ahead, Scott. I, I was just saying my first Michael Gambon was in college uh, because he was in 
the original miniseries of the Singing Detective, that Downey Jr. movie. I always oh, talk about yeah. how I drove to Atlanta yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, it's a it was a remake of a mini of a BBC miniseries, and Gambon played the detective that Downey plays in the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I I don't know what. Uh... It wasn't Layer Cake. I'd seen something with Gambit in it before. It was Layer Cake wasn't the first thing I saw him in. I can't remember what it was though. I have to think on that. But yeah, um, mm. no, just so many damn movies. Yeah, and, show, and shows, right? And there's shows. movies, but then and there's shows. also shows. Hey, I'm gonna watch. Se I'm gonna watch Severance this weekend, Casey. Okay, okay, I'm Casey. watching Severance. Hey, Severance, I started it, Casey. I started it. Um, yes. I, I did start it, but I spent but I spent today, I caught up on the last two episodes of Halo, and then I started yeah, I gotta this week's up episode on Halo of Slow too. Horses. Uh, okay, so so how am I supposed to... Uh, so you want me to watch Severance? You want me to watch Halo? I'm already in the middle of trying to watch oh, Moon Knight stop. Weekly. Stop coming with excuses. And Picard. Yeah. Picard Season 2 is still going, and then in a couple of weeks, Strange New World is going to premiere. There's no fucking way oh, yeah. I'm not watching that kid me like what am i supposed to do <laughs> and then the, and then on monday the batman is available on hbo max oh that's some dude so that's cute i remember when i had my first beer wow. <laughs> all right okay. okay come on ray no you can sympathy. you can make time you can make time ray but i'm gonna have to like keep but myself from i'm gonna have to keep myself from watching the batman over and over again so HBO max. stop doing that Wait for it. I, I I get you. I get you. I'm gonna watch the Batman. You know when it comes out. But I'm gonna I'm gonna like I gotta catch up on Severance and some of this shit over the weekend too. Before that, you know you gotta you gotta priorities. You gotta pick. You gotta pick and choose. I gotta schedule all this shit. I gotta yeah. write it all down. Like okay, you really gotta make it like a. You gotta you gotta you gotta have a whiteboard on your wall, <laughs> and you mm -hmm. gotta really just yeah. Because there's certain things I got to catch up on Halo as well. Because yeah, I haven't watched. I've only watched the first two episodes, and I want to catch up on that. Yeah, there's so many things where I got to catch up on this weekend as well. Also catching up on stuff, uh, you know. So I watched George Lucas's first movie, THX. Um, it's great, it's great. One one three. Ah, Great with uh, with Robert Duvall. Yeah. Yes, director Scott. Yeah. It was it was great. It was it was. I don't know why George Lucas he, doesn't make more movies other than Star Wars because he, he well he, he said it in an interview. He just said after the prequels that he just doesn't want the same spotlight Treatment. on him. Like he just like he got yeah. so much yeah, yeah, pain yeah. over that. He's he, so creative. Like, but he then you watch like America. You what what what's the uh, American American Graffiti? American, yeah, American Graffiti. Yeah. Graffiti yeah. It's like that is totally such a. It's such an opposite of all the science fiction stuff. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, make more films like that, George. Like, it, it, American Graffiti is so great. And look at that cast, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. You want you look at that cast. Oh All-star cast. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, listen, truth, truth, truthfully, like, one of his more underrated films that I actually really like for a number of reasons is Red Tails. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed that movie for like a number of things that it did and what it was, you know, minus whatever historical inaccuracies that it had. Like I really dug what he did with it, but I just think, you know, it, it's one of those cases where he's a really good filmmaker and his biggest film was like a massive Hollywood franchise hit. And just the weight of that was just yeah. like, yeah. He, didn't, he didn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with it. And I get it. 
I mean, it does suck, but I get it. Yeah. And so after sad. that, I saw The Princess Bride. Finally. Oh, <laughs> so good. Finally. So good. So good. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Okay, see, that was one that I didn't I didn't watch that until I was in my 20s. So I don't have the same, like, nostalgia that so many <laughs> others have for it. I've yeah. only watched oh, it Oh, yeah, I watched that through. as a kid. So um, I, do, I do like it. I do like the movie, yeah. but, like... Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I saw it when I was I saw it when I was eleven for the first time, and even then yeah, I was like late late coming to it. Like everyone had already seen it when I finally saw it. But I'm going to tell you, once you get to the cliffs of despair, and you have Inigo Montoya and and Wesley yeah. having that first like massive duel, I was like, I'm in. I'm done. I'm I'm I, I was in, in for that movie. Yeah. You kill my father, prepared to die. Yeah, I, oh, but, I, I love how at the end when you have six that moment right came. Hand. Yeah, I love how that when that moment came, that dude just ran off. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I, like, you know, he like draws yeah. his sword and then he just runs because he has the six fingers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, well, but it's, it's but it's crazy because it's like when you watch that movie later in life and you've seen the actors in other movies, you just sit there. Like for me, I was just like, okay, so Robin Hood. And Jenny from Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and that's uh, 88 Keys from yeah. Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah, 88 Keys from Dick Tracy, yes. Right? And Columbo yeah. was telling the story to yeah. Dude from Wonder Years. From Wonder Years, yeah. You you associate like right. all these actors from other shit that you watched. Yeah. Oh, and, oh yeah. And, and the, the Six-Fingered Man is the guy who was in, you know, Waiting for Guffman, Mighty Wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> and uh, well, this is Spinal Tap. And, and, yeah. and, 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 of course, Wallace Shawn, like, every fucking thing he's been in. <laughs> Everything he's been in. Inconceivable. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the you got Carrie Elways. You, you got Carrie Elways. It's like, oh, you know, as you win. Andre the Giant wrestling yes, three Andre main the Giant. One, so great. Yeah. One scene and, and, in that movie was Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. And like and I will admit after seeing that movie, after seeing that movie, I was like, how come they didn't do more movies together? They're fucking hilarious. No, that, that movie was one of those things where it's like, oh, we had lightning in a bottle right here. Yeah. That's why so many people go. Yeah, that's the, my my all time favorite movie. It's just that it's just such a lightning in a bottle movie. I had know? Rob Reiner directing. Oh it my god! Like, yeah, yes, right. It was I, just I, so perfect, you know. And you know, and I love the fact that like when Deadpool Deadpool two, they were like, "All right, we're gonna do a <laughs> Christmas version that's that's PG thirteen, but we're gonna base it off a." Of you know, Princess Bride, where he's like reading off, and it was like a lot. It was like a a current Fed Fred Savage, like in the bed, and blah blah blah. And it was like, oh yeah, good job, good job, Ryan Reynolds and Eric Crew, good job. You did a good job when it came to that. Yeah, there are so many Marriage references in that movie. Is what brings us together yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's so many quotable lines. In that movie. Yeah, um, that's yeah, a movie I- that will never be ever. I mean. There's so many movies that never can be remade, which is that movie, Jaws, Back to the Future. Yeah. Never say my, never. My, 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 never my, say my friend. Never. I know. I know. I fucking hate Hollywood. Mm. Well, well, one, yeah. one, of, uh, uh, one of our good friends, uh, Laura, she got married a couple of years ago, and it was an outdoor wedding. And our other friend, June, was the officiant. 
And there was totally a point in the middle of the ceremony where she put the hat on and did <laughs> that. And, and did that. Mer we had this on video. Mer I recorded it. I have it on video of her yeah. doing the marriage, the marriage routine <laughs> in awesome. the middle of the wedding. So totally awesome. I love that. But anyways, guys. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, one of the last things of uh, Scott, I wanted to get your, uh, cause we, before you showed up, what did you think of the uh, Michael Keaton bat suit since it got leaked out this week? We can talk about that now. What do you think? I, you know, I, what I like about it is that it is just, you will look at that and, and you'll go, well, it's Keaton. Yeah. Like it, it, it's recognizably Keaton, but I've liked some of the, uh, design choice. I miss the 89 bat myself. I, I, I don't like this, the returns bat, but I like the definition. I, the, the cape into the neck piece. I, I've noticed how the neck piece reminds me a little bit of Kilmer. Mm. Like it's got I've, some, I've seen some people say mold, that, yeah. It's got some molding and some definition that he never had, but Kilmer had. And I like it. And I also like the way the cape kind of swoops into the symbol like that there's this weird thing that like the whole the whole sort of neck chest piece i really like the design of i'm looking forward to seeing it in in, in motion i miss the yellow belt but that's a that's a thing for me because i loved the yellow belt from back in the day so the all black belt kind of makes me go Oh, even though I like the design and that he's got like these like, like these like tubes. Yeah, but 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 his, but when Reeves uh, Reeves FX, which was uh, on last week, he said it's not really that it's you know that it's um, a black belt; it's a worn out belt. So it's like been darkened for all the crime fighting he's done over the years. So it, it actually is that normal belt that he has, but it's been worn out. That's what he said. So. Well, okay. Well, it, well it, it, yeah, it looked to me like it was just the same belt but colored black. Yeah, like it, like it didn't look like a different belt to me in terms of the shape. And then, he, and then, of course, he pointed out what we all pointed out too when we saw the Batgirl, you know, costume was like, oh, it's the same belt. You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, makes sense. Right. Yeah. So, and and then of course she's gonna get a better costume at the end of that. So, anyways, guys, man. It's been a quite a stream, for sure. And uh, man, the vodka is flowing in me. That's for damn sure. Jesus Christ, Scott, you have man. worn the perfect shirt. Yeah, totally wearing the perfect shirt. Well, well, actually, um, if you really want to see the shirt, it's ah! oh. <laughs> I love it, love it. There it is. All right, it works. It works. All right. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, spending some time with us for four hours, or at least you know this stream right here. Let's go around the horn. I kept it going. I we did kept my it job. Going. That's the thing is like, like I said, Scott. We were like, oh, I was gonna be like, all right, we gotta wrap this up. But then Scott showed up. I'm like, oh, we gotta get his opinion about certain things. So thank you for showing up, Scott. Appreciate that. But uh, we'll go around the horn. We'll save you for last, of course. KC, you go first. Promote yourself. You can find me at Krypton Cage on all social media, and you can find me also at The Real Talk Live with Sean Maher with some controversial takes, <laughs> <laughs> DC and other stuff, uh, which we'll be talking about yeah, two days later. So make sure to join. Travis. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me at Trasby Snail. I'm on Geek First Podcast. I, I've lost count. Sometimes it's like five times a week. Sometimes it's three. I don't really know, but I talk a lot, and it's on there. And in honor for Hidden Shadows, Scott, you got to watch Tokyo Vice. You know, he's telling you to watch it, so watch it. Oh, I, it's, I, it's I, on yeah. Tokyo. It's, it's literally it's on, on, it's on, on my list. list too. It's on my list, it's too. On the list yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. I, I saw you, Hidden Shadows. You were horny in the chat all night, so you need to watch that. <laughs> but, you know, but no, this was tons of fun. Uh, very entertaining night. And, uh, yeah, it was great to be back. So I hope everyone, including you guys, everyone else, have a good Easter weekend, whether you got a long weekend or not. Just uh, enjoy some time with friends and family and just watch some movies. you got Batman on Monday. It's a good time to be alive, you know? Fuck yeah, that's right. And now we got Ray. 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 I love it. Such an underrated movie. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Flightcast. You can find my uh, now twice a week podcast and my blog at theflightcast.com. Uh, tomorrow I will totally be breaking down like both of the articles: the one that everybody read about the DC overhaul and the one that no one read about david zasloff and his until you said it i have to look for it i didn't even know it existed <laughs> it, it, the oprah run. i'm like what is it, this it literally came what out like an in? hour after the other one and i was like oh yeah like it so I, I will totally like talk about both of those tomorrow as well uh you can also find me on youtube i've got the youtube channel going now and i'm also still doing dc tv squadcast which is now coming out on monday scott uh starting this upcoming monday uh for uh, uh, over on Squadcast Media. There it is. All right, now we got Scott. Oh. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Scott DC twenty seven. You can find my podcast, the DC Squadcast, where a podcast can be found. Once again, if you listen to the Family History, you'll know that this week's episode will be our review of Green Lantern's first flight in two thousand and nine we're on vero facebook youtube with the entire network shows at squadcastmedia.com you can find me every sunday night with this guy talking batman the animated series on our fan animated stream which this week we will be talking about terror in the sky man and bat yeah baby Kirk Langston. yes oh yes and uh shout out over to geek ultimate alliance i they appeared this week in the latest episode of World's Finest True Believers, where Chris and I were discussing my favorite entry in the Scott Pilgrim series, Volume 4, Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together. Nice. Love it, guys. All right. Well, thank you to uh, everybody who joined, and uh, thank you to Sean for uh, being the guest tonight and uh, talking about all that stuff and talking about his new book, of course, uh, his new Spider-Man book, which you can pre-order on, uh, you know, all if you look on his Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you to everybody here. Everybody, uh, obviously the Patreon's down there, all links down there. Everything is down there. That's all I'm going to say because too much vodka is flowing through me right now. So thank you guys and uh, happy Friday. Happy Saturday morning. Talk to you later. 